0: You guys doing good? Okay, got a couple things in my heart, I'm not sure what direction we're going to go. Uh, you all got the idea of meditating in the Word. I, I was a little brief with it, but I've been talking about it the whole time is what I realized yesterday. I thought, man, I, I didn't feel like I could get into it in the extensiveness that I wanted to, but I think I already covered it very well in the sense of when you read the Word, take it personal. Commune a lot with God, talk to God. Even when I sing songs, I don't sing Him, I sing you. It's just little stuff like that, it gets you, it, it, it gets it real, okay? So I want to encourage you in that. Uh, meditating in the Word, what I thought was uh, through the next, when we're talking about love, becoming love, uh, I don't know if I want to get into that today, we're going to just pray in a minute and see, because i got I got uh, fasting on my heart right now a little bit too. Would that be something that you guys... Or in a, would it be, do people have questions with fasting? Is that a topic that would be interesting to just cover for a day, just to cover fasting? There's a couple different things that we'll cover without... I, I don't mean to just get topical, but there is some things I want to cover, like a healthy intercession and unhealthy, uh, 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 baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that really is, and, and share the scriptural precedence for it so that you not only understand it, but it can explain it to others. That would be a help. I think, to people, would that be a help to folks? Okay, the whole thought of the baptism of Holy Spirit, because there's so many questions, well, I thought I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved, and you get everything when you're born again. Well, the baptism of Holy Spirit was for back then, it's, you know, we got the Word now, so that's faded away. I've heard that before too, there's a whole lot of stuff out there. There is a lot of stuff out there, so that's another thing I'd like to cover. But the reason I I think fasting was on my heart, was totally out of the blue this morning, which is probably how things are with me. Uh, uh, It just came out of the blue, but I think think it's because it, it can so connect with communion, relating, fellowship with God, and coming into place of revelation. And that's why I think that was on my heart. So we might just end up going there. But uh, I know when we're talking about love, I'm going to use a lot of examples of, of uh, communion with the Lord, meditating in the Word. And we're going to look at a lot of love scriptures in the next week or so. And, uh, and then tra- translate it into what it looks like when you're alone reading that or when your heart says, boy, I know that's the will of God. Who's ever saw something in the Word, and you know it's the will of God, but you feel far away from it? You following? John's back there. No, he just had one hand up. Who, who, who knows what I'm saying now? You read something, it's like a commandment, It's a, it's something, it's something that's supposed to be in you, in the Lord, and you're like... I wonder where I missed. I I didn't get in that line. I I don't know if they were out when I got there, but I don't see any tender mercies in me lately. I feel a little ticked, actually. You know what you know? I'm just, you know what I'm saying, though. Did you ever, you know, some people, some people read their Bible and they're they get so aware of where they're not instead of where God's calling them. It's hard to read their Bible because they feel like it's in their face you know what I mean? Because they read their Bible and go, oh, I am so not this. And they get discouraged. They get a little bombed. That's where prayer and this communion that we've been covering and touching the whole time since the school started, I've been using examples of prayer. I noticed some from the beginning I've been using. Do you, I, at least I think I am. I don't, it's a kind of a blur. But have I used to you guys, in your opinion, a lot of examples like where I'll stop and pray and show what that looks like and actually... Pray that. Have I been doing that a lot? Because I've been trying to be more conscious to do that, because I feel like the Lord, even when I travel and teach, He wants me to give more examples that way, rather than just teach a principle, demonstrate it, show it, let the people see and hear what that sounds like. I remember doing that, especially the first week, I remember using a lot of examples of prayer. But uh, when when you bump into that in the Word, and, and you think, boy, I haven't walked in that, or that's sure not formed in my life. The last thing you can do is bite your lip and just be that. You'll bump flat into your inability and inconsistency if you do that. You'll just be, and then you'll beat yourself up and you'll think, boy, I'm not, there must be something wrong with me. you never forget this. I've said this probably 50 times since the school started. You're saved by grace through faith. Okay? So when you bump into something like that, the best thing you can do is is, is, is address it by faith to the Lord and share your willingness, your want to, uh, Lord, I thank you that I'm called to this. And it is so my heart to be in this place right here, no matter what it is. Uh, Father, I feel like I am so lacking in the area of patience. I feel like things trouble me, bother me. I get short with people. I get frustrated quick. I'm like, get on with it. And, Father, I realize love and patience go hand in hand. And I thank you, you're cultivating my heart. It is my desire to be just what you created me to be. And I thank you, Father, it's not my call to be short with people, et cetera, et cetera. I realize that is not who you are. And I thank you. And you just go on and you release faith. And when you're alone with God, you. you, some of us, I think it's too simple. It has to be more than that. And it's not. It's, 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 it's you saying, yes, I get so excited when I see want to in people. When I, when I get along with people and I see and they think they have a problem and they're all broke up and weeping, I'm excited that they care so much because I know that's the change in their life right there. That's gonna, what God's going to use to transform them. You see what I mean? So I get really excited about the fact that you care. He does too. He's serious. Not that you're messing up so bad, but that you care. Who knows there's people messing up on purpose. There's people messing up willfully. There's people messing up and could care less. There's people that have been taught that this is messing up and because they've been taught and they have a grudge in their heart, they're messing up on purpose in spite of because they're so mad at what they were taught their whole life. You know, stuff like that. Remember I told you when I was 19, I slammed my Bible against the I was so mad that I knew the Bible because it never let me do what I want to do. <laughs> Just, you know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot of people, but when somebody cares, That's the part that you need to highlight and that's the part you need to see in your own life so you're not harsh with yourself. You hold yourself accountable. I hold myself, I'm I'm my own steward of my own heart. I I hold myself accountable. Outside of the Word of God and Spirit of God, there's nobody that disciplines me more than me. Serious. I keep myself straight in that. I I, I call myself into account. But I do it in the light of grace. And I do it because I know He loves me. Right? So, yeah, good stuff. So let's just pray right now and let's just see where, where we might want to head. Is there people that have a, a lot of questions in fasting and stuff like that or not? Let me just kind of see, get your feelings. You got some questions? Let me just see some hands who feels like fasting will be a good thing to just take a day and just cover extensively, like try to get into it and cover it. You feel that good about that? Okay. and. And I'll just I'll just judge the ones that didn't raise their hands and figure they just don't want no parts of fasting because their flesh, flesh is in control. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. It's a joke. Cut the cameras. It's a joke. I'm just having fun. You know, the flesh man's going. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We, let's just pray. I need I need help right now. I need help. We gotta pray. Help me, Jesus. What'd you say? Let's go eat. Yeah. Well, while you're preaching, brother, we're gonna go down the road, catch the buffet, and uh, when you're done, we'll be back. <laughs> And uh, when you're going to talk about blessing and prosperity, hey, we'll bring a friend. <laughs> oh God, help us today, Lord. I don't know what's going on. I don't have a clue. Father, we just thank you right now. We just, really, we just look to you and we just thank you. We ask for understanding and revelation. And, and Father, I'm, I'm personally asking as, 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 as one teaching a lot of these classes that you just cause the switch to be flipped in our lives to where we see the simple things, the perspectives, the motives, the things that seem so small but matter so much in the big picture, without us getting uh, nitpicky and critical and and a a to-do list, just where our hearts are purified, where they're fine-tuned, where they're aligned to you, where our hearts are aligned to truth. And I thank you, Father. That you are so willing and so ready to father us in these areas. And I thank you that you gave us a conscience. You gave us an ability to see, hear, understand. I thank you. You made us in a fearful and wonderful way. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for who you are and who you made us to be. Let it be fully made manifest in our lives. The truth through Jesus Christ. And thank you for the increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was a heart, desire, mind as I was praying. rose up in me. Uh, you know how simple the Christian life is in the sense of a lot of it is... Did, maybe you caught that by now in the school. I, I'm not a real deep fella. It's A lot of it's motivation, perspective, and, and, and your heart in it. The why behind your life, it's that simple. Fasting is a huge uh, uh, area in that. Fasting has to do with the why behind it. Uh, There's a lot of misconception, I believe. You can get into works with fasting. You can fast to find favor. You already have favor. You can fast to please the Lord. He's already pleased to love you. He created you in His image and He's just blessed to love on you. It's just awesome. People don't realize that. I didn't know that my whole life. I sure know it now. He loves that I receive His love. It just blesses Him. It's His good pleasure to give me the kingdom. It pleases Him and makes Him feel good to give me who He is. The Bible teaches that. So, see, you better get personal and think it's the Father's good pleasure. He takes good pleasure in giving me of Himself. Why? Because He created us to be one. <laughs> Do you get it? Come on, that's so intimate. And here we are trying to please Him, line up, shave up, you know, whatever we try to do. I don't know what we try to do, Uh, uh, but there's a lot of misconception and fasting is is a huge one. Uh, You can can fast for all the wrong reasons, you can fast for all the right reasons. So I just felt in my heart like I wanted to talk about fasting, scripturally fasting to where... uh, it, it it would add to an increase what we're talking about is communion and knowing God and walking with God. Okay, so so let's just do that. <clears throat> okay, let's just go to Matthew. Let's uh, let's spring off somewhere here. Okay, I'll just try to jump in and spring somewhere. I don't have my notes, so I have to find this. I left my notes at home. Thanks, God. Thank you, Father. Matthew six. Thank you, God. There it is. Okay. There's a lot in here about motive, Matthew six. Did you ever notice that? Are you familiar with chapter six? Talks about don't sound a trumpet. guess what I did for Jesus oh my it says don't do your charitable deeds uh, before men to be seen by them otherwise you have no reward why? because you're trying to draw attention to yourself you need appraisal you need approval if you're doing things to be seen by men you need to be seen by men that means you don't see yourself clear and you need men to see you to affirm you to establish you simple it's just simple. And how many times could we get caught in that if we didn't if we don't understand? I mean, where just people just uh Well, John five says this. Okay. John five says this. It says, How can you believe who receive honor from one another? That means the honor, the need to receive honor from one another takes precedent in your life, and you're just in this rat race to get esteemed and built up and honored by people, how can you believe? You'll never pay the price of faith because of what men think. There's a lot involved there. I could teach it out even more. There's more there, but, but just take that just for grabs. I mean, how can you believe who receive honor from one another? That means how what people think is priority in your life. Uh, drawing uh, uh, identity and esteem through affirmation, appraisal, approval, appreciation. If that's the way you live, flip that. If that isn't coming in a steady stream, then you really don't feel good about yourself and it makes you more desperate, more insecure. And now you all the more try to go, ta-da, to draw attention to yourself. And then if you feel like you're doing your best and people don't appreciate your best, now you're really lowered in your esteem and identity and you're driven all the more. Because now men don't even appreciate what you feel like you can afford. You see what I mean? It's just a twisted, twisted thing that goes on. And we were all living at some level. Some get more caught up in it than others. We were all living under that yoke before Christ. Everybody. Unfortunately, we don't make the switch after Christ sometimes. And we have eternal life and we have, we have love from God. We're accepted by God and we still receive rejection from men because we don't understand who we've become. Do you have a question, comment? Actually, um, this is something that I've been serving with all night and all morning but I really wanted to ask you for material. And I'm on the topic now. I imagine that God might have shifted the whole class for you. I think He loves you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. (laughs) See what you guys do to me? Do you see? See, I have no clue. He just knows you. (laughs) Um,
1: um (laughs) Thank you. Um, Working uh, with people and um, trying to... I guess more or less, I'll just be blunt, working in a ministry, um, God blesses you abundantly so that you can do so many different things, and one area that I always struggled with was how do you do this, how do you talk about the many blessings that you've received but still have such a humble heart to know that it was nothing that I have done, that it all is, all glory has to be given to God, and it doesn't consume you. Because we are selfish. We do like, like if somebody's like, oh, you're doing a great job, that does feel good. But it's not by my own works. It's by, through prayer, you know, whether it be fasting prayer or whatever, and that relationship with the Lord and Him blessing the ministry and it progressing. So I guess my biggest thing, like yesterday when I was listening to some of the signs and wonders that you have seen are phenomenal. We all want to see that. We all want to grow closer in the Lord so that we can see His work fulfilled if that makes sense but how do you keep like do you confess to the Lord do you say Lord I thank you for removing this selfishness from me like so that it's not Did about Did y'all me? hear a
0: question? It's an excellent question. In other words if I'm growing in this and God starts to move more how do I even talk about the good things? How do I share those testimonies? How do I do that without drawing attention to myself or feeling affirmed through that etc cetera, etc cetera? It, it's, it's going to be the, a simple answer. You guys are going to go Don't you have anything else? (laughs) Your communion and relationship with God. You being established in love. You knowing Him. See, the more God moves when your heart is healthy. Affirmed in ministry. Let me back up because I'm going to answer this question fully. Being affirmed in ministry. She said, when you say, man, you're really doing a good job. She said, it does feel good. You know, I'll tell you when it's healthy when people do that, is when you aren't looking for that and you're truly doing what you're doing for His name's sake and for people. When your heart is sincerely doing it to bless others, and you're not doing it to be noticed, to add identity to your life, some people get trapped serving in a ministry to fit in to manifest, to draw attention, to try to flow in what they're skilled in, and then and then people acknowledge that, and they say, boy, when they see what I got in this theory, they're going to really be glad I come to this church. There's people get caught in that, and then they start flowing in their thing, and people are like, whoa, you are amazing, and they're like, you think so? And they're, they're already thinking so, but they need you to know so or tell you so. That's, that stuff gets weird, okay? That's what opens the door when people feel that way, they have those motives, that's what's opens the door, for you to be crushed in ministry, let down, hurt, unappreciated. Watch. It's impossible for me to be unappreciated in what I do, because I'm not doing it to be appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that's so simple. How did I get that way? Because I'm in love. Remember the other day? I think you guys know I'm in love after the other day, okay? Carol's sitting back there going, it was so sweet. There she is. Carol was like, I said, do you still have a question? She went, I said, honey, you got to go, oh. She said, that was so powerful. You look like you were in love. You were. But see, there's a truth there. Like I've been in some of the greatest things I've seen the Lord do. I remember being in a situation one time, my wife was with me, some other people. I had seen God move like I hadn't seen Him move before. And there was no ability to go, whoa, yeah, I couldn't even, I was just quiet. We were in the car, nobody talked, we are crying. And He's all the more amazing than He's ever been before. You get home and you just want to kneel. You, there's times I leave meetings, I get in alone in the car, I get to the hotel room, I sit in the bed and I just say, you're incredible. I honor you. You're incredible. So all it does is exalt Him more. And it opens you up all the more for Him to go... Because you know what? You're just incredible. You're amazing. It has nothing to do with self-affirmation. Oh, wow. Man, I'm in now. God's moving through me. Yeah, I'm a more qualified minister. Wow, people are going to see I'm anointed. God's in my life. If that stuff is a need in your life, I would just stop now and get a grip. <laughs> How's that? Awesome. Serious. I would just stop now and get a grip. Because if not, it's, that's going to bite you down the road. You're going to be driven by what people think, even though you're anointed and gifted. That's how people shift into people-pleasing. And all kinds of stuff. Because they're so moved by one another. I preach on... a. a, a Serving in ministry, because we all tend to be selfish. Rachel made a comment, she said, well, we're all selfish, this and that. Well, we tend to be. That's the tendency, because we've all fallen. So we have these motives that got twisted when man fell. It wasn't the way God made you and made us. He made us love. He made us in His image. He made us to be pure. So, in Christ, it's, it's so much more than just being filled with God's Spirit. It's so much more than just waiting to go to heaven. It's so much more than signs and wonders. It's living from the right place. It takes you back to purity. The Gospel brings you back to a pure foundation. To the, to the pure, the Bible says, all things are pure. The pure in heart shall see God. You get what I'm saying? See, purity is such a safe place because it's all for the right reasons. Everything I'm doing is for the right reason. How do you get to that place? That was her question. Communion with God. Praying. sharing. Father, I tend here would be Rachel. Say this would be Rachel in a bedroom all alone. Or she's driving in her car and nobody's in the car but her and Jesus. And she shuts off the radio, the music. And even if the music's playing, she's she's just with God. It's her secret place. She's driving. And she says, Lord, there is a tendency to feel selfish, to feel needed. To feel like I need people to approve me And the truth is you love me You've accepted me You approve of me I don't need to gain anything from men I've gained everything from you Father you're the one refining and redefining my heart And you're the one that's making all things new Father form me in love Purify my heart even more Cause me to be just like you Cause I'm your girl And you live in me Yay for you God you get it? See, we, we haven't been taught to pray that way to even realize that that's a place of prayer. That's all I know is prayer. Like, like here's what prayer tends to be reduced to in Christianity. You're driving, you're aware of something, Lord, I am just so selfish. It's a wonder you even consider me, Lord. See, we think that's humility. I am so selfish, it's a wonder you consider me, but somehow. You put up with me and you love me and I don't get it because you know how wretched I can be. I can be so selfish. And Lord, I just ask you to keep working in me and do a work in me. And Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom and I'm asking you to continue to bless this ministry and and bless the people I'm working with. And you name their names and you might even pray for their family and their kids. But the whole time you're focused on who you are apart from him. And calling that prayer. Does this make sense? Are you kidding me? I, I don't want to even see myself apart from him. I want to see myself in him. So So there's Rachel driving down. What an honor to be in this ministry, Lord. and what an honor that you would even flow through me. That You would dare, it is so beautiful that You would speak through my mouth into the life of another and encourage them and and impart something to them through me. Because You made me for this. You saw this for me before anyone knew me. Thank You for bringing me home and thank You for being so awesome in Your love and awesome in Your mercy and awesome in Your forgiveness. Thank You that You never changed Your mind about me and You made me awesome in You. You get what I'm saying? The people, it feels good, doesn't it? You're going to pray like that, aren't you? Okay, make sure you do. I'm skipping now. I'm going to get real flaky. I'm like, yeah. Do you see how that line of prayer is going to realign your heart? How you're releasing faith, even though you know there's a tendency to be selfish and needy in a sense, you're addressing it through prayer, through the light, through the answer, through faith, and grace comes and sculpts and etches and molds and shapes and moves away and breathes away the sawdust and the chippings and, and all of a sudden there's a masterpiece. You get how it works? Oh, that's how it works. That's how it works. So we got challenges in our lives, we got certain things, right? And There you are sitting on your bed at a young age, Father, i got this and the temptation to feel this, but when I look at Christ, I realize I wasn't made this way. All of a sudden she's addressing, I wasn't made this way. Now you're cutting ties with what's been your experience. And now you're declaring boldly, this is not my lot in life. This isn't how you made me and who I am. Because I don't see it in Jesus' heart. And I don't see him struggling in this area. And I thank you, I don't have to struggle either, because I'm your daughter. And Father, I am so willing to become love. And I thank you, you're manifesting yourself to me. And you're causing me to become love, to know love, to look through love, and to be love. God, I am in. I am saying yes, and I am running to the finish line. You're my helper. What can man do to me? That's prayer. That's intimacy. When you're doing that, nobody's there. You're either nuts and wasting your time. Or God's there doing something in you. And I just happen to believe He's in me doing something. And if I am nuts and wasting my time, it's producing good anyway. (laughs) Somebody said to me, "Well, wonder if you're wrong. Atheistic mentality co-worker. Well wonder if all this you're doing is it even wonder if you find out and it's not even true and it's not even it wonder if you're wrong. And then you've given your whole life. I said, Well, think about this. I said, Wonder if I'm not wrong. And you haven't given yours. I said, and if I am wrong and I've given mine, I've done nothing but good and helped people, and a lot of people are glad that I did. And God's done a lot of things, even if you say it isn't God and wonder if it's God. I've still done good to fellow man. I've, I've still not been selfish. Any man can live for himself. And he, I just said that just to get him thinking. Because it's always, will wonder if you're wrong. I wonder if I'm not. And you didn't surrender. And you're just a tree in the end all by yourself. Or a seed who fails to fall to the ground. And you abide alone. You, that, you wouldn't even be a tree. You'd actually still be a seed that never died. So it can never sprout. So in the seed is what? The potential of what could have been. Do you know there's forests in that seed? In that one seed, there is mountains covered with trees. In that one seed. Think with me. And unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it'll just stay a potential and never be a legacy. You follow me? You feel that in the room? There's some. There's something intense on what I'm saying right now. You feel it in my heart. Some of these little things are so powerful. Inside that seat is destiny. Inside that seat, not her, but destiny. Yes, she's not in the seat, but, <laughs> but, 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 but. Okay, let's just say destiny when God saw her before the foundation of the world, she's in seed form. And she has potential, God's purpose inside there, God's love for her, God's cheering her on, God's for her. She can leave a legacy. There are mountains to be moved, there are people to be raised up, there are people to be loved, forgiven, saved, set free. There is legacy inside of that seed called destiny white. Unless that seed dies and falls to the ground, it'll remain. Potential. It'll remain destiny, waiting to happen. And if the time passes by, then what's it become? What could have been? But that seed dies and falls to the ground. And that was the principle I was trying to share with that fella. And and uh, but that's your life and that's my life. Come on. We're righteous. We're the children of God, even in the seed, because God said, "Let us make man in our image." you get it? Yeah. What sprouted and grew was contrary to truth that we die, spring up, we're born again. We, it's 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 all brand new. It's just powerful. Did you have a comment or question? Did I see your hand a while ago? Yeah. Are you my mic lady today? Yes, I am. You're awesome. Thanks, Becky. We appreciate it.
2: Right along with what you're talking about, Dan, in, in, until I've started really understanding who I am my true identity whether when I was a chef I needed the approval because that was what I did right when I was a truck driver what in whatever capacity I was in you know I did everything I could to be the best but it was still there was still an approval thing going on but once I've come into understanding my identity even at times there were times in ministry it was like, well you know because you know what you walk in and you go up there and you you know you had to do stuff, you felt like you wanted to do that, so you had approval, so to speak and I remember times as I moved on <clears throat> on Saturday nights there'd be times here well at the old building, the Holy Spirit say, "You have my approval, you don't have to get up there and do anything just let others go up. you know what's in you right and, it, and the, it, there was a changing
0: a changing but that's God fathering that's good you have more to add? that's good that's good because see what I'm hearing is see that's awareness now watch it is impossible that's a strong word it is impossible for you to from your heart begin to commune with God and seek Him sincerely for transformation and yield yourself to Him without going through those things God will father those areas of your life He'll make it known to you He'll he'll, he'll he'll say, "Hey, which would imply that there was a time you might have needed to get up here and say this, even though it was God, it was what Rachel was talking about, even though it's God, and even though it's a testimony, and even though people will go, Whoa, that's amazing when they go, Whoa, that's amazing, guess what you're doing yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. and then you're needing people to come up and say that's incredible! I can't believe how God uses you, man you ain't even been saved that long. you are awesome man. and then you're like." Why? Because there's still a hidden need in your life. Why? We tend to sell ourselves short, we're harder on ourselves, and even though it's right to want to do the best that you can do in what you do, who knows that a lot of times we don't, we don't, we're harder on ourselves, we need people to affirm that, instead of just be before God in relationship. Now here's Anthony in relationship, he's getting this message, he's growing, he's increasing, and God's starting to say, hey, listen, you don't need, you don't need any falseness, you don't need any of this. You are who you are, and you're already okay. What's he doing? Keeping his heart from ever having a motive outside of truth and purity. I'm telling you, it's bigger than we think. The first message that Holy Spirit ever gave me when I was saved was, you can't rise above your motive, Dan. Live pure. It's the first message the Holy Spirit ever gave me. Now if that's the first message He gave me, it's probably pretty important. To me, anyway. <laughs> you can't rise above your motive. Your motive's your ceiling. The why behind your life determines how high you fly and where you fly. True? Some of this stuff I say over and over and over. Why? Because we've been so ingrained in other ways and we still have tendencies according to the fall. We still need... Affirmation. We still get sometimes a little low in our identity. We fail to receive it this way and we still need cheered on. I'm telling you, I've been in leadership a while. Leadership has meetings behind the scenes that you don't know about, but I make it known because I preach it all the time. And, and we have meetings behind the scenes. Now, I haven't been in one for a while. And, 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 and to try to get leadership and people in heads of ministries to be sure their people are affirmed, thanked, acknowledged and encouraged. And I'm thinking, that sounds psychologically right, that sounds, but, but there's even a, I want to do that to you because I love you, because I'm moved to do that. wonder if I'm doing that and keeping something alive that needs to die. wonder if now I'm stroking Anthony, and what God wants Anthony to do is say, Hey, knock it off, you're okay, don't you see? <laughs> and here I am, stroking him, feeding the thing that God wants to change in him. Oh, wow. Wow. If I need you to thank me to be okay, need, you thanking me isn't the answer. Me getting that changed is, is the answer. If I'm in a ministry and and I'm feeling unappreciated, I need to readjust why I'm in the ministry. Because if I'm in the ministry for you to appreciate me, I'm a letdown waiting to happen. I don't do what I do so you thank me. I do what I do because I love you and Jesus is Lord and He's amazing. (laughs) So whether you appreciate me or not, you got me and I'm what I am, yay! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you can't pull out my plug. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so somebody's going to get loved. Somebody's going to get blessed. Why? It's who we are. It's not just what we do. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen People leave churches because people don't appreciate me. Well, I laid down my life in this ministry and nobody ever even said thank you. And I'm like, don't you think that's before Jesus? Don't you think you've sowed seed and helped people? Why are you doing what you're doing? To be affirmed? Or because of love? And you have to walk people through that stuff. But I promise you in leadership, and I'm taking a strong risk saying this loud and bold with this camera running I don't believe medicating that and accommodating that with superficial surface appreciation is the answer That's changed the motive of our heart We ought to preach like this, we're a family, aren't we? We ought to all be in this for the same reason The Bible says one mind, one heart, one spirit How can we have one mind? Because we all wake up for the same reason. To look like Him. To live from the place He flows. Having one mind doesn't mean we have to agree on every technicality and every doctrine. Having one mind is we need to agree on one specific thing. We're all in this to become love. We're all in this to look like Jesus. The reason I woke up this morning is I have another day to look like my father. If that's the motive of my life and your life, we're not going to run into trouble on these other things, are we? So along the way, we need to father and nurture and encourage and protect and help people. I've had these talks with people. I say, listen, I'll get them alone where nobody's around so that they don't get more insecure and feeling, oh well. Now they all know that I have a problem. You'd be amazed how some people are that far. now they all now they know I'm, I'm a, now they know I'm struggling. And that right there is just poof, insecurity on top of insecurity, because they're being driven by what people think. You got to minister to that and change that. You can't medicate that. Just change that. You don't enable that. So our answer really isn't superficial make sure you appreciate the people that are working under you or with you. That should be a given and if it's needed or if if it rises up, if your heart says, wow, you know, you just, what you just did, that caught my attention, bless you. But it's real. (laughs) I tell people, man, I... So don't need a thank you from anybody. I don't even feel like I'm sacrificing anything. Ever. I'm having the time of my life. But people say thank you constantly to me. And the last thing I need is thank you. So when they say it, it's healthy. (laughs) Did you get that? It's just healthy. And it's out of their heart. And it's not because they're trying to keep me encouraged and make sure I don't burn out and, hey, you know, well, we like him. And we like to see him run well. You know, let's just make sure he stays encouraged. It sounds right on the outside. It sounds like the Christian thing to do. No, you don't want to enable twisted motives that sooner or later are going to be your downfall. You follow me? How's that changed Back to Rachel's question. It's the same answer on that one. Getting along, why did Anthony have that experience of that testimony he shared? Did you hear his testimony? As I grew, as I began to sit under this, as I began to you, as I began to God began to say, Hey, you don't need look, you're who you are in me. You're he started to find affirmation and confidence in the Lord. And he didn't need people to see how God was using him to feel spiritual. And there's a time where people have a big need there. I've I've just I've, I've just been around a little bit. I haven't even saved that long, really. But I promise you, you bump into this stuff all the time. So back to square one. Sounds like we're in day one of school, in a sense. Don't think this is redundant. This stuff will keep you sharp. The more we say it, the more it'll keep rescuing you. It all goes back to what's making you tick. What's your motivation? Getting yourself pure before the Lord, and and realizing that what you do is for His namesake. And for others. Remember the mind of Christ? Remember how I shared in Philippians 2, I said, I I know we had a session in school on that. I said that that's the mind that worked in Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. So the mind that was in Christ and what made Him tick and what took Him to the cross, Paul's writing and saying, let that same mind be in you. Philippians 2. I'm not going to go there now. You go there and refresh yourself. But if the Bible's going to tell me what made Jesus tick and what motivated him, his mindset, it's not a haughty, charismatic, I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is an amazing, humble, yielded, servant hearted thing. It, It knows. The mind of Christ have this same mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Come on, that right there is so exciting to me that if I hear, hear that scripture, I need to find out what what moved him, what motivated. What I want Wouldn't you like to get inside of the mind of Jesus? Well, he does in Philippians too, <laughs> and that mind's supposed to be enough. Amen. So, man. D, uh, motives. say I'm having trouble, we're, we think we're talking about fasting, but we're talking about, we're, we're talking about motives. but now, we're trying to get the fasting, but watch this, Matthew 6 says this, take heed, take heed, take heed, <laughs> this is Matthew 6, verse 1, think about that, take heed, so that's your place to look into your own heart to be sure. It's like when you see scriptures that say, set your mind on. Colossians 3, set your mind on. See some of these things you have to just, you have to take heed, you have to set your mind on. Hebrews 2 says, take heed of the things you've heard, least they slip away, or you drift away. Depends what translation you read. You, you understand that? These things aren't givens, it's not to know, to know is to grow. It's to know Him is to be transformed. So some of these things, uh, we said about it yesterday, uh, some of them are habits and tendencies. Uh, We say, well, we don't have a dual nature. No, but you've been violated in things of innocence. You've been trained certain ways. You've been gullible in areas. You've given yourself to stuff for years thinking it was right and it's the way that seems right. And now there's this transformation called the gospel, and all of a sudden you're born again and there's light in you. But we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our minds need restored back to truth. So these impressions keep coming, and and little opportunities slip up for the devil to just say, Yoo-hoo! little pools and tubs Josh and I were talking about on the way here where three weeks will go by and everything is like heaven on earth and all of a sudden the same old thing that used to snare you just seems to come out of nowhere and you're not looking for it you're not meditating, musing, dwelling, there's no deceiving you're not, you're not trying to dig it up it's just there and an impression and an impulse and sometimes even a feeling or an emotional capacity shifts Who's ever experienced that? The biggest... Oh, and the camera's running. The biggest mistake we make, and ministers make, is saying that's still you, and you need deliverance, you need help, you need somebody to get you all the way free. You, you, All of a sudden you're taking your impression The impulse, the feeling, the opportunity to do, And you're selling out And saying because I experienced it It's me yes. It is so not you It's outside trying to get in But when we say it's me Guess what? You're surrendering your identity You're giving yourself over wow. Now you're getting prayer for something you're not And don't even want Amen. Are you following me? Uh, 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 I'm having trouble saying this because of what's Okay, because I'm teaching this And then this strong comment It sounds like an overstatement But are we teaching that? Are we teaching what I'm saying right now? Or is that a strange new thought? We need to teach that It's outside trying to get in if the devil's looking for an opportune time, and he's ate your lunch for 20 years in an area, and now you're born again, and you're excited, and you're happy, and you're like, yay! <laughs> and, and he lets a whole month go by. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he comes to just see where you are, what you believe, what you understand, and he'll just, he'll just whisper a same old thought pattern in you. Or just, just try to suppress you in an area. Just come on you in an emotional... Just try to gray you out and blanket over you some way spiritually. And he might wait till you just get a little sigh in your heart and a little ho-hum over a little area of life here. Or a little tiny disappointment over here. And you just give yourself to a little bit outside of just... Yay! And all of a sudden... This thing's running like a train down the tracks. And now you feel like the same snared person you were before you were saved. And I wonder what happened. If the, did I get saved? Is there still... Well, he... ah. That's what we do. Yeah. We need to be taught that when that happens, you, you rise up in truth. Father, I thank you. That You have so transformed my life. I so thank You that I am so delivered and so free. There was a time that when I felt what I just started to feel coming over me, I would have been crushed for days. I thank You that nothing can crush me now. Because You're the one that lifted me up and raised me up. And I am born again. I am free and I am untouchable because You're my God. Ah! Yeah. That sure beach, Can you pray for me? Because yeah. Yeah. you can pray all day. If you don't change somebody's identity If you don't change the way they think You're not going to change the experience And if you let the experience dictate and have precedence You're subject to your experience then And you're never going to live by faith You're never going to live by truth And you're going to eat the fruit of your experience Instead of His finished work Becky, I got some hands I'm stirring up hands (laughs) It is a good sir. Linda, and, and I'm sorry, your name slipped me, Patty. And I know your name. I just, I knew I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah motive, yeah. Um, you said we don't have a dual nature. We don't, not even like the, the flesh and the spirit. There's a there's a there's a that's what we're going to get into fasting and I'll explain it real clear In other words, I don't want anybody to believe you have died the old man. The old man is what? Crucified the new man is what put on he's come you've raised in the likeness of the resurrection of Christ It says if you died in the likeness of his death and died to sin once for all surely we raise in the newness of life What a lot of people believe is I'm sin waiting to happen And that sin is inherent in me, it's buried in me, and it's waiting to raise its ugly head. And as soon as you accept that, you give to the power of sin. Remember how Romans 6? Don't present your members to unrighteousness as if you're bound to serve it. You're not a slave to sin. It says who you give your members to, that you become a slave to serve. Do you follow what I'm saying? Don't you be afraid to declare that you live by the Spirit, that you're righteous in the sight of God, that righteousness is burning in your heart, and the will to live like God, and to walk like God, and to love like God has been imputed and imparted through Christ Jesus, and you are born again. To be born again, something's dead. (laughs) Something has to die so something can... Live. I am not sin waiting to happen. That's one of the bigger, big mistakes we make as well in the church. The way we think because we have the ability to sin, it's our identity. What crushes and silences your ability to sin is giving and yielding yourself as members unto righteousness for its fruit unto holiness. Remember Romans 6 last week or early this week or whenever it was? How many times did he say we're freed from sin? It doesn't mean I can't commit an act of sin if I yield myself to that. But can I yield myself continually to God and keep giving myself to God and actually grow in a stronghold of righteousness to where the things that used to drive me and eat my lunch and be a given in the way of the flesh are no longer and what was weak is now strong. What she says, he says, watch and pray because the Spirit is willing and the flesh is So then we say, see, brother, Jesus knows the flesh is weak. Listen to what he said. Watch and pray. Because the Spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. What's he saying? If you watch and pray, you're going to live by the Spirit. You're going to live out of the strength of the Spirit. You're going to crush the weakness of the flesh. But if you don't watch and pray, and you just let the same old, same old way that seems right man... You're just going to have the same old experience, same old manifestations. Here we go again, and then we're reduced to writing songs. We wonder why you would love us this way. Because we identify ourselves for the fall instead of the resurrection. We identify ourselves for the image of sin instead of the image of God. Let us make man in our image. And in the likeness of God, He made man. So that's how He made man. That's man's created value. So Christ is the redemption of man. He brings us back to that root value. And He has washed away sin. Yeah, brother, but we all sin. What do you say? And you're perfect? That question comes up constantly. And that mindset is what keeps men bound in the flesh. I don't even know why that's our initial question. Why don't we rejoice at the hearing of righteousness instead of affirm and qualify sin? Yeah. Can I tell you why? Because most of the time when that question is asked, people are living in the consciousness of it and it's in them. And, and, and when they hear this message, there's this vibration and there's this, well, what are you saying? You're perfect? What, you don't miss it? So what, do you don't sin? That's not the question, the Bible says if I sin, it doesn't say when. (laughs) I don't have an appointment with it, it's not like I don't sin while I'm breathing. It says if I sin, no, I have an advocate and everything's covered. Why? Because the last thing a Christian's supposed to be doing is even thinking about sin. He's supposed to be thinking right with God. So it's not about willful sin, it's not about lasciviousness, it's not about me just, you know, hypocrisy. It's, I I want Jesus, I want His fullness, I want to manifest Him. Man, I'm in this thing, I'm on the trains, uh, on the track of God's, you know, righteousness and holiness. I'm a train going down the track, man, I ain't slowing, I ain't... If along that way I sin, man, just know you have an advocate. You're not under the law. You're under grace. Keep trucking. Let me love you and make you what I've called you to be. But don't you stop running. That's what the Bible's saying. Uh, No, I don't have this sin thing inside me. Mm. (laughs) Praise you, Jesus. I'm telling you You get to the place where You can't even relate To how you used to think And feel And why did I even think that was so awesome When I see it now for what it is And it's so not It's called transformation If I can see things for what they really are Oh, that's what the gospel's all about. Bringing light and shining light in the darkness. So I can see things for the way they really are. Sorry about the table, man. Uh, answer your question? Good question. Thanks for pulling my cord. Uh, That's like one of the best questions you could ask me I could preach that and answer that question every day That's a good one You you ought to just preach the answer to that question in your own heart every day Every day Thank you, I am so not made for sin I am so not made for the flesh I am so made for your glory I am so made for your righteousness You knew what you were doing when you made me because You made me in Your image, in Christ Jesus, You paid the price to redeem me back to that truth. And You are in me, and I am in You, and I thank You, there ain't nothing stopping me. Now, the truth's here, I'm free. I'll never be sold cheap again, I'll never be a puppet on a string. I'll never be ruled by a masquer, because I have a Father, and He's in heaven. See, I talk that way, I pray that way, I think that way. And it does a lot of good. Are you following me? <laughs> You are so precious. I just love you. <laughs> She's just sitting there. She, her, her face is priceless. You girls at the same table is scary. It's <laughs> <Just> scary. <laughs> this little light of mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it's more than that. I was actually being a little facetious. Okay, let's get back to uh, Did we have a question? Patty. Did you still have a question and comment? No. We're kind of past it now. Okay, <laughs> and if we are, we are. But if you, if you feel like it's important, you can ask.
3: Well,
4: you were you were mentioning a while ago about you know you go for three weeks and everything's fine, and then all of a sudden okay. so, something pops up in your yep. head, and the church is actually saying you know, telling us that well, there's something still you wrong. You still there. got
0: issues, right. right?
4: And I know <laughs> <laughs> she knows where I'm going. A lot of the churches are promoting to go to theophostic. i understand and you know that you have a you know there's there's a root there that you know you there's something back back when that you're thinking this way and i know that messes some people up going to Theophostic and then some say oh it really helped but this kind of just blows Theophostic out of the (laughs) water
0: well When I preach the gospel, I want you all to know that I don't have a specific ministry in mind and I'm not trying to blow something out of the water. But honestly, when I preach the gospel, everywhere I travel, people come up behind the scenes and say, where does this fit in with what you're preaching? and Where does this fit in? And I say, well, in light of what I'm preaching, it doesn't. That's my answer all the time. It doesn't. What I like to point people to is truth, not a root. If I'm going to point to a root... I'm going to point to a root in God. I'm going to point to who you really are. Call no man on earth your Father. So look, guys, we've been touched so wrong our whole life. And then we're going to point to a specific point in time. We're going to say, watch what we're going to say. Now I'm going to get a little, oh God, camera's running. We're going to go as far as now to say the reason we are the way we are is because we were rejected and when your mother was pregnant she said out of her mouth I wish I didn't have this baby and we make that the reason you can't receive love and in the meantime you've been rejected a thousand other times by people, by life, by employers by stuff you've been rejected a thousand times in your life And we're going to make it one point in time when life without Christ and life in the world and life in a loveless atmosphere is rejection deluxe. You just need to see, we were in sin, we were fallen, we were every man for himself, and everybody's had a rough ride, we've all had hell and backstories. It's not about where we've been and what we've done, it's where He's been and what He's done that's revealed the truth about me, so let's put this off, this off, and let's put this on. I don't have to go through a thousand closet doors and roll fifty stones and find ghosts and skeletons and memories and words. The gospel understanding makes all of that null and void. It does not matter that my dad never said I love you growing up and was an alcoholic and cursed me and said I'd be nothing. Look, psychologically that might matter to you. In the gospel, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with now that Christ has come. So if I have to take this long road and allow... I'm actually teaching myself to live sensual, circumstantial and experiential instead of by faith through Christ's finished work. And now I have to take life as it comes instead of the gospel as it is. Are you understanding me? It's a big problem. We're actually teaching people how not to believe the finished work of Christ. And I know I got the camera running. The worst you can do to me is call me a blasphemer and hang me on a cross. Kill me. This is the worst you can do. But you'll find I'll still be alive. (laughs) And you'll hear me under my breath, forgive them, Father, they have no clue what they're doing. (laughs) They just don't know what they're doing. I hope I planted some seed. (laughs) Come on. We're teaching people how to live by life and sensual. We're letting the way that seems right to man still run precedence and trying to lace it through the gospel. We're making rational, psychological sense out of our life, our feelings, our experiences. And here's what you get reduced to then. Patty, watch this. So now, so you get some ministry and you deal with the past and you get cleaned out and you got that closet clean, baby, and you got that root pulled. But now you're going through life and three weeks later, things... Don't seem as rosy. Well, I wonder what we missed. I wonder what else we need to go chopping after. I wonder what else we need. So now you're always going back. You're always looking back. When you're to look up from whence come your help, you could be Lot's wife, stuck between here and here, never going nowhere. Because my question is, when are you ever just free? Watch. I'm only free if I feel free. Wrong. Wrong. So we need to teach people in that three-week period when these things start reverbing and repercussion that we can't keep selling out our identity. Well, actually, you're not selling out your identity because in that method it's never getting affirmed. You're always another problem waiting to happen and there's a technique to keep you going. It actually remains, keeps you self-focused, self-conscious, me, feelings, if I'm doing good and why not and wonder why and well, you don't know my life. and I've talked to countless people. I asked, how are you doing? Well, I just want you to pray for me. I mean, now this has happened more than I could possibly remember. They'll say, because we've conditioned people On who they are, this breaks my heart when this happens. Well, yeah, I've been struggling. I mean, well, I can't, I can't receive this healing. I just want you to pray. I mean, I pray, but you don't understand what I've been through. I mean, my mom was this, my this, and they lay the whole scenario of their whole life from little up in a minute. It's their story, and what they're saying is, I'm in this position. I need you to help me. It has to have something to do with this. If that's their focus and when they tell me well yeah but you got to understand when I was three and then they split and then the rest of the ten years and then my sisters and (laughs) why does that make so much sense to us and why do we minister to that I'm looking going okay I don't even know what any of that has to do with the good news and what why are you trying to get to God through the eye of the needle of your past? When God came to you in the midst. God came to you. Look, God came to you and snatched you out of the darkness. Why do you need so delivered? Colossians says, you have been Delivered from the power of darkness then why don't we seem free? Because we look through the mindset of darkness we're still looking in darkness to find freedom and and I don't get it and I won't get it because I went on a five year search for this whole truth on this whole thing because for five years of my Christianity I didn't know anything like this was even in the church for five years I was a Christian living the gospel free and didn't know anything about what you guys are talking about Five years God sheltered me From even the knowledge of this stuff And then it started bumping up and it started growing and getting popular And it started being everywhere And people started saying you need to have this in the church You need to do this well, you need... I had one man say, "Damn, what you're doing is great But sometimes it's more than just preaching the blood <laughs> See, but he said that with a crystal clear conscience oh, yeah? wow. And I said, well you just freaked me out and made me very sure that this stuff ain't never coming near. (laughs) See, because we think we have to play detective. You run the risk of letting your Christian spiritual identity be wrapped around the ministry you're in. And if anything's spoken, man, you're in defense and mad and angry. And how dare you? Well, that's religious spirits. Because your whole world is around ministering these people and playing detective and, and surfacing stuff. I've had... Five years then, I went on a mission to interview counselors, people that did this stuff, and people that went through these ministries. And I've cried for hours. I've asked God, why don't I feel settled? You need to father me in this, because I don't want to be a snap-judgment, presumptuous, projecting kind of guy. I don't want to attack things. I don't want to get on a tangent. I don't want to use the authority of this to prove a point. I've prayed a lot of that stuff with tears. And my answer came one night, when I went into church to get my keys that I forgot, and it was dark. The church was dark. This would be a good one for theophostics. Because I went in to get my keys, and when I went through those doors, not these doors, it was a different sanctuary, of course, but it was doors like that going in, and when I opened them, the door went, ah. Screech, need some WD-40, that's all. But because I have lived in the fall, And I've watched Alfred Hitchcock And I've watched Tales of the Crypt when I was little And I used to watch that late at night And then I'd be so freaked out Because that crazy little skeleton guy You know, you're going down the steps And I was going And I knew it was coming I knew he was coming And he still freaked me out You relating? And then we'd feed ourselves with that stuff And I knew it was coming And I knew these shows were going to be so freaky and so crazy And I'd sit there So I'm nine years old. I'm nine years old. My sister's born. Guess what she gets? She gets my bedroom. Well, see, you could have deep resentment and deep bitterness in your... Because way back when you were nine, you're... You're... You got... Come on, if we get that detective and that complex and everything relates around all those issues, I can never be free. At what point do I die to myself and my rights and the right to have unforgiveness and to hold judgment? That's what we're not teaching. We're not teaching transformation of life and change of heart. (gasps) Because these, see, because right there in her healing, well, you you could have hidden issues. You could have deep resentment towards your sister because when she was born, you cost you your bedroom. And you know what? That works with a lot of people. They are carrying that stuff. I agree. But if you preach the gospel clear and they get sincere and ever get touched by the saving grace of God, that's not even an issue. I don't need ministry to get that out of me. I just need to read my Bible in my bed and be sincere at night. Now realize that might just die, and I don't even know it. God might expose it to teach me. That's not even my story. That's just. But I go to get my keys. The door goes. Now. You can take this for what you, what you want But I believe the gospel taught me how not to fear I don't experience fear I don't even understand it anymore I, I used to be driven by fear, concern, worry, anxiety It's not in my life It's just not That's not an arrogant comment I'm not saying that to try to impress you Because if I was, the devil would come and just crush me anyway I really believe the gospel teaches you to not fear Because perfect love casts out fear And Jesus said, fear not, over and over and over So it must be possible to live free from fear What's living free from fear? Living free from yourself. When you're selfless, you're fearless. Because you have nothing to lose, you've gained everything. It's simple. Okay? But yet when I go through this door now, i I'm 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 gonna say five, ten. I'm forty and a couple years old. I'm mid forties, low forties, mid forties. Low forties. So I'm forty-some years old, filled with the Spirit of God, and on that specific day I watched two blind people get their sight. On that day. One in the morning, one in the evening. It's a pretty good day. So you're happy. You're just, you're doing the flaky thing. <laughs> Nobody's looking and you're happy. And a lot of other stuff, and plus I got to preach the gospel to people. It's powerful. Now it's the end of the night, and I'm going out the back door, and I'm a pastor. I go out the back door, and it closes, it locks. My keys are upstairs, so I would have locked myself out of the church. Right when I'm ready to go out, the Holy Spirit said, it wasn't me thinking, oh, my keys. It was Holy Spirit. I know the difference. He said, Dan, you left your keys up there. Oh, Went up through. Dark. The whole church is dark. Little exit signs. See that exit sign back there? That's all that was in the church shining here and there in the corners. No lights, nowhere. It's pitch dark. I go up. I'm not afraid of the dark. Are you kidding me? He called me out of darkness. I could be in the darkness and I'm not of the darkness. Yay. I'm in the light. So I'm, it's not about ooh, turn on the light. So I open the door. Fear. Fear. This fear. Fear. It was ridiculous. This feeling of when I was nine years old. 10, 11, 12, 14, living upstairs because my sister made us go up there because she needed our room. So my brother and I moved to the attic, hardwood floors, swing wooden doors, and the only light was back at our bedroom. The one, the hall, something was, I don't remember a light ever being there. I just remember it was freaky scary. Creak, creak, crack, creak, up the steps. And there's these halls and you had to pass a closet and you just were, watch Tales of the Crap. Come on! And you're going by openings and doorways, and you're just thinking, woo! Woo! And you're like, oh my god! And the floor's going, right? right? And when you move your door to go into a room, it goes, mmm. and you're like, ah! And you, you hit the light as you're diving, and you're in the bed. Serious, I did it hundreds of times. Now, watch. Watch. That owned me. That owned me for a season in my life. I was paralyzed by that. That thing dominated my life. I used to go... I couldn't go to bed without being freaked out like that. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be things and silhouettes and people standing in my room looking at me. Dark objects all the time. So here I am, 40-some years old, filled with Holy Spirit, two blind eyes open in one day. I'm opening the door and all of a sudden this thing comes over me and it's a flashback reminded me immediately of the attic and the feeling I got as a little boy now inner healing and the- inner healing is not a fair word because there's so many different strains I actually agree with levels of inner healing in the sense of Holy Spirit exposing and taking you there without you looking if he's, if he's the pointer dog I'll flush it out. Come on. Yes. But I ain't taking the dog out in the field, walking, looking for a point. Come on. Yeah. Come
3: on. Good word.
0: There's a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He asked me to follow him. He never asked me to ask him to follow me. Yeah. I ain't taking him nowhere, especially into your past. But if he takes me there, then we'll flush the thing out and kill it. We'll shoot it. We won't miss. I'm a pretty good wing shot. And we won't say, get it, boy, and bring it back. We will let it lay there and die. (laughs) Now everybody's (laughs) anti-hunter. I really did it now, Brent. (laughs) Now watch. Some of these these methods of ministry say, well, Dan, see, right now, honestly, I'm not being mean and facetious. Right now, there's folks that would have a field day with me. Mm -hmm. Because, see, Dan, isn't that amazing? Come with me. All these years, you've been saved. You've been moving in power, but you haven't truly been delivered. Because you have this little fearful hidden boy in you all this time who needs to find peace and comfort and be made one with who you are in Christ. Let's sit down and talk. That's deception. Because what you're teaching is, you're teaching me to live sensual, that if I feel something, it's who I am. If I experience something... It's who I am. That's why people live like this, guys. Because if I'm not feeling good, I don't have the capacity to be good. And we're on a search to feel better instead of believe better. Watch. I picked up the keys. Well, my first impression and instinct flip on the light. Because you feel weirded out. It's like, er, And I'm like, this is crazy. Now imagine I haven't felt fear for years. Mm-hmm. And this fear was it was real. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Who knows the devil will go and look leave you and come for opportune times. Paul says, Don't be unaware of his devices, give him no place. Selling out your identity has surely given him place. Mm-hmm. I didn't turn on the light on purpose. Because that would be to say what? Yeah. Oh my god. Darkness has dominion. <laughs> well, that would be weird. Light is greater than darkness. So on purpose, I didn't turn on the light. And I walked the whole way up and I grabbed my keys. There they were laying. Holy Spirit, you're amazing. As I'm walking, I start singing a song about the blood of Jesus because that's just what I do. I realize something's weird. And my heart responds in the gospel. The worst thing I could have done, well, I couldn't have because I don't carry a cell phone. See, it saved me. Because if I'd have carried a cell phone, I might have grabbed it quick, and I might have called. I might have said, Sharon. I might have said, "Uh, can you pray for me right now? I just got this fear thing going on. That's what we do. Picked up my keys. Now, who knows? I've been searching for five years the truth on this whole thing, because I'm puzzled. Something's not sitting right. And I'm hearing the testimonies of people that say they were really helped. And I'm seeing other people really not helped. And then I'm seeing other people actually empowered to remain the same. They'd find information out in these meetings, especially in the one you're talking, where they'd find things that happened to them that they had no natural knowledge of. And the ministers would say, well, this happened to you when you were two. Well, I just got a vision that this happened to you when you were one. And that's why you act the way you act. Because ever since then, and then what it gave, a couple people I interviewed, it gave them permission to be the way they are because, hey, if that happened to you, you'd be this way too, so back off and don't judge me. Now, would God put a hurdle on the track of your identity for you to jump and, and make you aware of something that His Bible says is forgiven, forgotten, and removed? Would He give you natural knowledge of something you have no clue of when you were one? Isn't the gospel more powerful than that? That God would just obliterate it and you would never know it and He would just fix everything? He makes all things... Here's the key that we're missing. Old things have passed away. Then why do we have so much territory to look in? Old things passed away. Behold, let me get back to the punchline. I picked up my keys. You guys know what discerning of spirits is? It's when you see things in the spirit, whether it be an angel, a devil, and 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 I believe if you truly have discerning spirits, you'll spirits you'll see both at times, and and it's just yeah, it's just good. Sometimes the devil goes boo because he's trying to freak you out. Sometimes God exposes him to let you in on strategy plans so you're prepared and not shaken, and there's just different workings. But sometimes the devil just comes out of the grass and goes boo because he's figures he's found vulnerability and he's just gonna freak you out it's rare that he does that but when he does that he believes that he's taking you out it's gonna drive you by fear most of the time he stays hidden he lives in the corridors in the secret there was one night in our home group when every morning our kids were waking up depressed and fighting and moaning and it wasn't our kids. Our kids were blessed. We we're ten and five. They were tiny. We were nine months in to being saved and we opened up our home and God's moving and it's fun. And all of a sudden everybody, you know how we think, well, it's just the devil just trying to put pressure on our kids so it's tough in the morning going to church because our group was Saturday night. and So Sunday morning getting ready for church was a test because kids were whining and fighting and we're going to church to feel holy and you know how we get. You know, and you, you, if you're not careful and you don't understand well kids we're going to church and we need to this and you can't be acting like this and now we're going to go and sing and worship and you're making me feel this and you need to knock it off and you're the ah, I said Lord what's going on the next week we're in everybody left and we begin to worship and, and Father thank you for just the privilege of what you let us do in our home and I had my eyes open my wife standing there real just tender before the Lord and, and I had my eyes open and I went and here's this thing in my kitchen Like this. Saw it with my eyes completely. It's hooded, it's dark, it's just a silhouette. And when I went like that, it realized I saw it. It was so freaked out. It was like, oh my God. Not, oh my God, (laughs) because it doesn't have that God. (laughs) Oh my devil. <laughs> I don't know how they talk. Maybe that's what they say. Oh my devil, he sees me. <laughs> but you could see it went like this. It was standing there like this, and it went like that. It like it, it reacted because it was like you see me. Well, guess what? Let me see. Spirit of God, because He was showing me what's going on. And when I when I saw it, it went, it was a flash. You could hardly see it. It just went. Pshoo! Up the stairs towards the kids' rooms, like upstairs. I just knew it went upstairs. I wasn't thinking it's was going to kids, I just knew it shot upstairs. My wife had opened her eyes right when I did this, and she saw and she knew I saw something. She don't know what's going on, and she looks and she sees me. I took off after it. <laughs> well, see, we don't think that way a lot of times, but when you're in a certain you don't even think any other way. It just took I just ran after it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't David run to Goliath? Yeah. Oh, why? Because he's not afraid. So I'm bolting up the stairs And I run up the stairs I went into my boy's room Nothing Went into my girl's room A wall Just a wall of demonic, filthy Ugh And I can't even explain what happened to me. As I'm walking into my girl's room, this anointing, I I felt like a lion. I felt invincible. It wasn't me. It wasn't arrogance. It was the anointing of God. He gave me a little scratch of what he must live like every day. (laughs) Because he's God. I walked in the bedroom. I said, you get out of here. In the name... (laughs) It was gone. I hardly even said nothing. I blessed my daughter and prayed over She never moved. Spoke over her. Went down, blessed over blessed my son. I just sanctified my home. Thank you, Father. And man, I'm not unaware of his devices. So it was just little ways we begin to pray and just bless our home and speak life over our home. Not, in a looking over our shoulder wondering if the devil's coming back. Just keeping things protected through belief and confession. Because the devil's... Thought is putting fear in you. And now the only reason you're praying is because you're vulnerable to attack. Did you get that? That's wrong motive. I'm not praying, guys, because we're vulnerable to attack. We're praying because we're protected, because we're laying that foundation. We're affirming that truth. I got upset that morning. My kids jump up there, their normal, bubbly self, and everything's full of peace and everything's great. Is that sweet or what? Shortly after that experience, I had a lady walking down our street like this. And I said, hey, are you okay, ma'am? And so looked at me, kept walking. I said, whoa. I said, "Honey, ma'am. You okay, honey, what's your name? She told me her name, looked at me. I said, my wife's in the house. Could, would you come in the house? We just want to talk to you. I want to pray with you. Can I? I said, pray. She you." So I'll make you cry. Took her in the house, sat her on the couch, blessed her, prayed for her, found out her story. She's telling me, everybody thinks she's crazy. And they got her on all these psych meds. And they all say, I'm crazy and I don't know what my husband's doing and why he's letting those kids live there, but they never let me sleep. They never let me rest. They run through the house. I said, you have children? She said, Yeah, they're in my house. Well, I knew who this lady was, and I knew they're elderly. There's no kids. And I asked my husband why he lets them there, and why doesn't he tell them to shut up, and why he acts like he doesn't know they're there when he's the one that lets them there. This lady's really seeing tangible kids running through her house. They're demonic spirits. And they're there to drive her crazy and subvert and wreck her life and make her husband not understand and because she would sit in her chair and she'd yell at him and tell them to be quiet and knock it off and, and, and what are you doing in my house anyway? You aren't supposed to live here and they'd all look at her and laugh and giggle and run up the stairs and go into a door and then her husband would be standing there and he don't see a thing and he's looking going oh my God, my wife snapped because this started progressive and then it got worse and worse she told me now there's a whole bunch of kids running in her house all the time so I prayed over her and blessed her. I said, oh my gosh. I'm like, God, I need wisdom on this. I never. I was young in the Lord. But we just had this demonic experience. And it's neat how you grow and God opens you up into other things. Yeah. So next day, door knocks. Next day, door knocks. Guess what's happening every day? Make you cry. This lady's on my porch every day. Standing there. Sedated. Can I sit on your couch again? Aww. Honey, why do you want to sit on my couch? Because of peace. I never felt so much peace in my whole life. Even if you were away, I would hope you'd let me just sit on your couch. I won't touch anything. I won't eat anything. I just want to sit on your couch. This went on and I kept telling her, honey, oh!" and I blessed her, love her. About a week went by and I finally said, sweetheart, she's sitting on my couch for hours every day. And we're just living, doing whatever, just letting her there. I thought if it blesses her, fine. One day I said, "Honey, you know you can have the same peace on your couch. No, the children. The children won't let me have peace. They they they're so set against me. They 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 know how to agitate me. They I could never have peace because of the children." I said, "Honey, you have peace because of Jesus." I said, "Can we go up? Can I see these children? Can I go?" She said, Oh, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know. Well, she had received so much consternation and so much stuff about all this that she didn't want anybody to know that she opened this up to me and now I'm up there because of all this. She must have been treated like cuckoo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's not. Isn't that the sad thing? Yeah. So we go up in her house. I told you, you can. I, I made a strong declaration. I didn't know what I was getting into, but I said... Because I've just believed in Jesus. I said, you can have peace in your house. And it's because of Jesus. You love him? He is my savior. He shed his blood on the cross for my sins. I do go to church, sir. She's talking real sedate. I said, we're going to your house. We go sit her on the couch. And she said, no peace. No peace in my house. I said, where's those kids go all the time? I don't know how all this works. I don't really care. She pointed to the door. I looked at my wife. My wife looked at me. I said, let's go up there to see what's going on. Because I still didn't know what I was going to do. I figured I was just going to make some declarations, release the faith of God and the anointing of God on her. And I got up the stairs and I went to open the door. And it was like, I'm telling you, it was like a wall. You could feel it. It was amazing. It was there. But it's, it's amazing in the sense that it was intriguing, but it's not impressive to me. And I looked at my wife, I said, do you feel that? She said, yeah, I said, that's exactly what I felt in Lisa's bedroom that night. And I already knew, I already know isn't that? So what's this little wall <laughs> if he's Lord? So I'm like, I'm not, so I opened the door. I said, Father, I worship you and I thank you for the power, the name of Jesus. And I made a couple of declarations about you'll leave this house and never come back again. You'll not torment this woman. I forbid you, in Jesus' name, you go. And I'm telling you, the atmosphere went boom. Just boom. My wife looked at me. I said, do you feel that? She said, I just felt that. It was almost like a pup. And everything was just clean and squeaky clean. I went down and I said, hey, honey. Everything's going to be fine, okay? And da-da-da. She ended up getting off of a whole bunch of these sedatives, all this stuff. And time went by. A couple years later, I found out she had passed. I didn't even realize she passed. But... A lot changed there in her life, but watch what happened. We went down in the living room and I said, Honey, I said, Jesus is here, He loves you. Lift your hands and just thank Jesus, He's in your home, okay? And she started doing that and she looked and you should have seen it, it was priceless. She went, oh,
3: Peace!
0: The same peace! And I'm like, He's the same Lord. He's the same God. She went, Oh, I said, See? And, and, you know, we joked then about it's not because I don't want you sitting on my couch. I'd rather have you on yours. You need to be free in your own home. And it was amazing. So those things never tormented. Her. Stuff happened outside. I didn't have a real good voice with the husband. And there was some real weird things there. Uh, didn't seem to have a real voice there. So, you know, that's just another story. But, but here's the deal. Things are demonic. Things are looking for opportune time. Things are trying to gain strongholds. Find voices in your life, guys. So now I got this fear thing. I turned discerning of spirits. Boom, that's how I got into all those stories, right? Discerning of spirits. I turned. I got my keys. I turned. I still feel something's weird i can 't tell you I'm, I have fear and it 's not that t- child nine year old thing something just didn't just felt weird, but i 'm worshiping Jesus and I was aware of Jesus. I pick up the keys I turned two black silhouette shadows, small little things were right here when I turned i turned they were right here, and they just went they just went like this they kind of looked like uh Little Pac-Men with a sheet over them, kind of. They were just, and they were just doing like the little Pac-Man dudes do in the game. They were just like this, and and they just disappeared. I saw them for a moment. As soon as they disappeared, guess what happened? Holy Spirit said, "See Dan, see Dan. They're outside, trying to get in." You tell me how many people would have wanted to take me in a room and heal that little boy. That little boy died with the man that died the day I got born again. I need to change my perspective, not go fishing. You follow? Spirit of God said, see Dan outside trying to get in. There's a couple good analogies he gives me on this stuff. It's really, really good. Let's share this situation. Let's say I'm in my office. Natural knowledge. When it's not succumb by truth. Thanks, buddy. Natural knowledge, B.J. James Becker landed in an airplane subtly. He was just doing it. You need glow sticks. You guys need glow sticks. Let me share this real quick since I'm on this topic, and then we'll see where we end up heading. Because we didn't go to fasting yet, but we sure got to motives. Jenny whispered out, even Isaiah 58, which is where I do go there with fasting because it talks so strong about motive. Why do you fast? Are well, you going to suppress your soul and da 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 and think that's pleasing to me? No, fasting is when you lay down your life for one another, love people like I do. It's really what Isaiah 58 say. But did but, but you watch this? I can do this quickly. And we're going to take a break, and then when the doorbell rings and the music stops, you get in your chairs. And the last one sitting is cut off from the kingdom of God forever. <laughs> She's like, we got her so taught and built up, and she goes, "No!" See, you have to be sure that's a no. See, no? Are you kidding me? Never happened. So 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 you're sitting in your office you're 40 years old and an 80 year old fellow natural knowledge we give natural knowledge so much power because we're psychological people instead of faith people and we make things have to matter because of natural knowledge sentiment human sentiment follow me just human need you're sitting in your desk you're 80 years old or uh, you're 40 years old and an 80 year old man walks in your office he's elderly and you know there's somebody out here see you fine bring him in he comes in hi my name's so and so where do I know that name? that name is so familiar tears fill his eyes and he says "Uh, well we were neighbors when you were very very little That's right, oh my goodness, you were our neighbor. That's where I know the name, Mom. She always talked about you. When you moved, she was devastated. She was like you were the greatest neighbor in the world. She used to talk about you, how you'd help and pitch in and watch us when. And and he'd just start bawling. He says, listen, I'm not going to be around many days. I'm up in years and I couldn't carry this to my grave but I wasn't the best neighbor that you think I was. And I just felt, I've been carrying something my whole life and I've been trying to make amends on things. I'm here to tell you I've done things as a neighbor I should have never done when you were a little boy. And you look at him and you go, what? What What do you mean? You mean like sexually? And he's crying uncontrollably. You got a lot of options there if you don't understand truth. Oh my God, you did what to me? You mean I'm a sexual abuse victim? You mean you did, what did you do as if it matters now? You follow me? So what do you say to him? You say, man, that's amazing you came here and told me that. You took a big risk because of how people handle this kind of information. But I'm glad you told me because my question would be, do you know Jesus? I hope you got born again and got your heart and conscience clear. Because there's something more than just confessing. It's being transformed and saved. Yes, that's why I'm doing this, because I got saved. And I just felt like I had to clean up some things in my life. So watch what happens to us. Natural knowledge. So you pray together. You hug Him real tight. You thank God He's born again. You speak into the value of his life. And he leaves. And your phone rings and it's your wife. And either everything's great because it is, or she says, what's going on? Are you okay today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. Honey, I know you. I've been married to you for how long? (coughs) Something's not right. What's going on? And then all of a sudden you say, well... I didn't know how to handle this. It's been running in my mind. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay. you got to know I'm okay. I wasn't even sure if I was going to tell you. but it, Tell me what? This guy, neighbor, he, he did what? Are you kidding me? How old were you? Four? You don't even remember. I don't remember that thing. Now you're talking all about it with her. Now she's sharing her insights. And now she's feeling a little grossed out. Whatever. Next thing you know, a friend calls two hours later. Hey, what's up, man? Everything good? Oh, yeah, God's good, God's good. Man, can I talk to you? You're my best friend. Don't tell anybody. I just feel like I need to share this with you. I guess. All of a sudden, now you're telling your friend what happened. Two months later, you're in a conference for pastors and leaders, and you're with your wife and preachers on the platform preaching. Some of you have been through things. Some of you have been touched wrong. Some of you have been violated. There's still things that need to be mended and healed in our lives because we've all been through. Da-da-da-da. And when I'm preaching the gospel. We're just preaching all the pain we've been through and we need deliverance. We need ministry. And you're sitting there. And some of you pastors are pastoring and have strongholds in your life. You're actually sexual abuse victims. Some of you, you know who you are. And you need to get to this order. Next thing you know, I'd be sitting there. My heart's pumping. My palms are sweating. Why? Because for the working progress of two months, I've been falling into the identity of a little boy abused when before that natural knowledge came into my life I'm a spirit filled fired up on fire in love with Jesus man of God casting out devils and now I don't know who I am because of natural knowledge that would be a shame wouldn't it so if that natural knowledge could mess you up that bad why are we trying to figure out what's been wrong back here Why aren't we just living by truth that makes us? My Bible said, continue in the Word, not yesterday. Mm -hmm. And if you continue in the Word, you'll know the truth. And the truth what? Since we got on this topic, it's break time, I know. You guys okay if I do this real quick or you need a break? Somebody got to pee like real bad? I'll tell you what. You better take a break. You you better take a break. Somebody got to pee. I can feel it. I thought the power of God was on you. I thought it was the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm messing up bad now. Cut the camera. It's too late. And like, when do we this and that as far as because we 're not looking i 'm not like you can get there's a there's a lot of teaching out there okay that is very technical and very orchestrated it 's very textbook and it gets complex and all of a sudden you embrace about four, five, seven, ten reasons why god can 't move why people can 't be healed it gets real complex i 'm encouraging us back to simplicity okay it 's the finished work of christ you don 't find Jesus praying for people and saying, "Wow." I can't, man, I can't do this because you're holding on to your past. Or I can't do this because you have unforgiveness in your heart towards your Aunt Susie. Or, yeah, there's a generational sin that's forbidding me to work. You're in bondage, man. You're under a curse. That's pretty much what we do in it. We tell people, it's generational, brother. So you actually leave them Cursed. If you're going to tell somebody they're cursed, be strong enough in the Spirit to get them free. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. So we're we're like we've become diagnostic Christians. Yeah. Wow. Like we'll diagnose people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think you're going through this, brother, because there's some things in your heart that God still needs to deal with. And we're in an altar ministry with a badge. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> Randy, <laughs> we're like... Listen, serious. This thing's serious. This is serious. It's it's like, and it's 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 so serious. Yeah, because it's true. But what I'm saying is, it when when I what have I just done for you? If you come up for prayer and I say, well, honey, and I pray, and I go, oh boy, there ain't much moving here. Well, honey, you know, there's just some things that have your heart bottled up, and I'm just believing right now. There's there's some issues God this is all God and there's some things he's getting your attention in and I'm talking real general and I'm leaving her with a mysterious problem or worse yet I think uh, this is some generational curse this thing is deep it stems back maybe even third, fourth generation and you're probably just you know so it's just something that I see that's okay now what so now that I'm cursed and I'm next in line what's up now what do I do now Ah, we're hurting people with this we're we're, we're talking spiritual without manifesting truth it's spiritual but it's not in line with truth what I mean by if Holy Spirit points it out and Adam came up and asked some good questions on this topic and he said so how do you see like at the altar if I'm praying for people this and that I've prayed for people and I've actually seen them at young ages and certain things happening i said, do you remember when you were like five? Did you have this and that? And they'll go, oh my God, yeah. And, and, and I'll say, well, listen, there, the, God just showed me that. I didn't ask to go there. It just popped up. And I thought, what is this? Now, listen, th- there's a way you've been thinking through that. And all of a sudden, the answer will come. Oh my God. And it's just so powerful. I could just, there's, it's just neat experiences like that. Now, Watch. Because Holy Spirit moves that way and it's so phenomenal, we think, wow, it would be a good idea that everybody needs this and we turn what is a gift of the spirit into a method of ministry. Yes. And that's why I said, we're called to follow him, not ask him to follow us. We can take what's a gift from God, it's valid. The one I use one all the time. It was one of the first times I ever had the experience. That's why I use it all the time. It, the Lord showed me a, a boy, 12. He's a full-grown man sitting in my office with his wife, but he's 12 in my vision, and he's on the streets of New York. And he's crying mommy. Why? Because his mom Hansel and Gretel him and dumped him. She's a heroin addict. Dumped him in a crowd and slipped through the crowd, and he never saw her again. And the next time they found her, she was dead in an alley. So aunt and uncle took him in and raised him and kept this quiet to honor mom and never exploited the situation so he didn't have to carry that shame and they just said she died for physical reasons or health reasons or whatever. But all his life he lived without a mommy, heroin addict, she left me in the street. Who knows that that carries complications up until the point that truth really takes hold and sets you free, right? So I understand the principle of going back because people say, well, until they can get free... Well, the clearer you preach the gospel is the more hope of getting free because truth makes you free. So the truth is, hey, your mom was hurting and didn't know what she was doing. It's no reflection on your value. You're worth the blood of the Son of God and you're worth His death. Your life, your mom was hurt and Jesus is Lord and knows who you are. Your mom couldn't see clearer. But what we're saying is, I can't receive God's love because I was never loved. That's the biggest lie on the earth. No wonder we were never loved. Man fell out of love when he ate the fruit of the tree and became selfish. Come on, even some of our parents did their best and it was still very... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, when you did right, you knew it. When you did wrong, you knew it. <laughs> and when they corrected you, a lot of times it's because they had enough of you and they're about ready to set you straight. <laughs> but yet they say, I love you. <laughs> Just as quick, had enough of you. Ticked off. Come on, I'm being, am I being real? And this stuff... It it teaches us that there's a certain way, but it's not the way. Jesus is the way. This way is the way that seems right to man. It leads to death. So some of these situations, I get this knowledge. Why did I get that knowledge? Because the Spirit of God saw fit to come and break a stronghold of believing off of his life by a working of the Spirit of God Without me searching, looking... Because when you start searching and looking... I just told a sister on the break... I said, when you go opening doors... You might be amazed what answers... Yeah. When you're not called to open them.
3: Yeah.
0: Now that's a, that's a humbling thought right there. I've seen prophetic people... Get so free... In the prophetic... Free... That the door gets so big, anything comes through. You just, it's all about Jesus. It's not about ministrations, manifestations. It's not about all this stuff. It's all about Jesus, his finished work, and the message He's brought. And the transformation that brings. Everything needs to flow through the eye of that needle. I was in rooms before where the so-called glory in the prophetic and i could tell you stories absolutely bizarre because i ask god i don't want to judge things i don't want to be presumptuous but you get in and, and, and you know there's all kinds of things and we laugh some of that stuff off and say well yeah that's the move of god I've been in rooms where there was strange fire, where the motives of the ministers were hurt and deception and need and insecurity. And the fire and the things that were happening had an appearance of God, but the effects and the long-lasting... I've, I had to clean up stuff over the years. The Bible talks about strange fire. When your mode is wrong, if I have a wrong motive and need to be here right now and I start projecting and I start ministering out of a wrong heart or a wrong place, who knows that I can expose you to stuff and junk and stuff. Not that you have to be overtaken by it. I could sit under anything in what I see and hear in that sense. It's, it's not going to muddy me but wonder if I'm speaking to people that are carrying hurts and insecurity and now fire's fueling and fire and wrong iron sharpening wrong iron, if you know what I'm saying. Now I become the support system and the cheerleader for somebody that needs transformation, not encouragement in a lie. Are you following me or am I talking too general? Okay. It is a wow. Wow. I had a weird that thing happen to me years ago. I still don't totally understand it other than I learned obey Jesus. See, we think we have to explain everything and know everything. That's what makes Him God. I, there's a, there is a mystery to God in some things. That's what keeps Him God. So I don't need to know everything intellectually. But I know I was praying in a meeting... And I was the authority of that meeting and I turned it over to a lady who was prophesying and I knelt at the altar and a man wrapped his arm around me and began to pray and like bless me and I, I love people. Who's figured out that I love you guys? Okay, so when this guy's praying over me, he sounds like he means well and the Lord said, stop him now. Well, I've never heard that in my life. I'm not afraid for you to pray over me. I know you can't this and that. But, but the Lord said, stop him now and something and something. And, and it, 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 there was just some impressions that you need to stop. Something's wrong. You need to look at him. And if I would have done that, who knows? The stuff that I don't understand now probably would have made sense then. You get what I'm saying? So I stand up. We're worshiping Jesus. And I turned it over to this prophetic gift and, 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 and there, was, there was things that were very accurate and prophetic because I was a pastor and I knew. But there was also this big door that was just so wide and caused a lot of confusion. Some people were laying there like they were manifesting and in bondage and some people were laughing and some people were sitting there going, what's going on? And you have that, you can have that just in a regular meeting when God's moving. But some people were concerned and leaving. But something in my spirit as an overseer didn't feel right. But I couldn't put my finger on it. Authority stuff. I don't understand. All I learned out of this is obey Jesus. I looked over. There's a man standing. And this might weird somebody out. I don't know what you're ready for. But there's a man standing there. And there was this thing with big long wings over his head. And it looked like a creature. It was hovering over him. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, what? It just disappeared. And I'm like, Doh. what was that? And the Lord talked to me about a subverting of authority in the meeting. And when this man did this here, it was the man. He said, that's the man that was praying over you. And had his arm wrapped around And when you didn't stop him and you agreed and received his blessing, there's, there was some kind of integration of authority. There was something... When I turned it over to this person, this thing was intermingling in the atmosphere. It was. It had a voice in the meeting. It was through my disobedience as an authority. The reason this thing came to me is because I was the head. I don't totally understand it. I've never even searched it out. Like I'm telling you, I'm a simple guy. What I learned by that stuff is obey Jesus so I said Lord what is that he said that's the man that prayed for you when you disobeyed me there was a manipulation going on if you would really tracked his prayer really because I thought he was you know he's just blessing me and when you agreed with everything you handed over authority in this meeting and I'm like but my heart was pure I love people I'm not projecting I told you to not let it happen See, we have to understand a lot of times before we obey. Instead of... Now watch, this, is, this really happened to me. So either I'm nuts and I'm, and I'm being really whacked on this stuff, or this really happened. So I just leaned against the thing and this person's ministering. and She comes over and, and there's some people that are... <laughs> there's a lot of manifestations going on. And she goes, Do you see the gold? Do you
3: see it? it's everywhere? It's
0: gold. And I'm like, no, I saw a devil. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, I'm still thinking about this devil. I don't see any gold. She said, isn't it beautiful? Look, the altars are golden. To me, honestly, to me at that point, when I looked at her and where I was at, and this, I'm thinking that's all, it's, just, it's getting flaky to me at that point. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm not saying that people can't have certain pictures and manifestations and see things. I, I'm just saying at that point in this atmosphere. So I said, Lord... What do I do? He said, You need to go take the authority back. Cast that thing out of the meeting. Cast that thing off of the man. And I'm like, I'm supposed to walk over to this guy and cast this thing off of this man. And who knows that I didn't do real well with that right now. Because I'm thinking there has to be another way. But Lord, if there's any other way, please. <laughs> and it wasn't a nevertheless your will be done. It was pleased. Because I looked over, he actually looked like just everybody else. I don't think the guy, I didn't think the guy even knew what was going on is what I'm thinking. But motivations, things, you'd be amazed what attaches to motivations, insecurities, hurt, unforgiveness, pain. That stuff motivates people. And now you're living wounded. And your whole life you're trying to get things to lick that wound and there's a festering. There's there's never a healing. It's just you're driven by the wound. Stuff attaches to that and it's weird. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I just know what I heard. So I'm sitting there. Now watch. This is exactly how it happened. I know something's wrong in the atmosphere. I love the people and I say I love the people. But there I sit. Knowing something's weird. The Lord said, you addressed this. I said, I said, Lord, would you just please have mercy and let your glory come in this place? And I had been interceding a lot in that season. And the Lord said, "He talked to me. Who ever talked stern to their children before, but you knew you didn't cross the line. It was just a serious thing and you were getting their attention, but you weren't mad at them, devaluing them. You said, Who's ever talked stern and got serious like that as a parent? The Lord said, it shook me inside. Now you listen to me. I went. (laughs) He said. You've been praying for my glory for two years straight now. I give you one simple assignment. And here you sit. Now you go cast that thing out of that man. And my glory will come in the room. And things will realign and get clear. And you will see my glory. But you obey me. I went, yes, sir. <laughs> I went right to that guy. Now when I got there, I felt a little funny. Here's the guy, he's standing there, he's like this. I don't know what that means, now that I have this knowledge, I can think, he's in some kind of meditation, he's releasing demonic spirits, I could've got real weird with it.
3: Yeah.
0: All I know is I love that guy. He's made in the image of God. I'm not caught up. I just want him helped. I'm not mad at him. He's not my enemy. And he doesn't need booted out of the meeting. So I tapped him. I said, Hey, man. Let me ask you a question. Hey, sorry to disturb you. I need to. Did you come up and wrap your arm around me and pray for me? Because I never looked up before the meeting. Were you the one? Yes, yes. I said, Oh, okay. I said, Listen, man. I just got some revelation from the Lord, and I don't know if this sounds strange, but I need to do something." And I said, uh, there's something tracking with you, man, and it, it ain't good. I don't even know if you know it, it's demonic. And when I said that, He gave it away, this, the Spirit gave it away. That it was with. He looked at me and got this weird smile on His face, and He went to hug me. And I realized, whoa, this is just, it is just because I knew He was trying to like, get past what I'm saying. Because it was exposed. and then I, I, this confidence came in me, and this is just how it happened. I said, "No, no, sir, we're not doing that right now." I pushed it and I just said, "Come out of him," and I stuck my fingers right in his belly. When I said, "Come out of him, you would have thought I shot him with like a 44 magnum. He just went <clears throat> onto the floor. There's a man back here starts bawling uncontrollably. I said, "Why are you crying? Do you know him?" Or are you crying?" He said, "I've never seen him. no, I don't know him." I said, "Why are you crying?" He said, "I'm crying for him." I said, why? He said, I don't know. I just feel so much compassion for him. I said, man, get up here. Hover over him, kneel over him, and pray for him. He said, okay. He's a full grown man. Oh, he's not one of you ladies that get like you get sometimes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of us guys. Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. No. (laughs) What's going on with you? (laughs) Man, cry over him. I got up front. Things happened, got cleared. There was good things, good testimonies, prophecy. Went into a real good realm. Things cleared up. Just like God said. I don't have the details to all that. I didn't try to open the door to a bunch of theology. Not even looking for any answers. I know I learned to obey Jesus. Sometimes you get a door so big, and because of things that motivate and twist, it can get weird. Let's keep our hearts pure, walk in love, and obey Jesus. And we never have to live in fear. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, I don't know how I got on all that, but we got on all that today. Uh, I want to show you something in First Corinthians three. I want to put scripture to this thing that I've been crying out here. Especially, it's videoed. I understand, and I've addressed it. And you guys even mentioned names and types of ministry. So this thing is out there, man. She not mad at people. I'm just not. I'm just not real encouraged in a lot of the things we're doing. I had somebody come up to me on the break and tell me they were told in, in this session of ministry of something that happened to them when they were like one, and they had no knowledge, and it wasn't good information. I promise you, that's not Jesus. Jesus is not putting a hurdle on the track of your identity. If old things are passed away, He is not disclosing information you had no knowledge of and tempting you with having to handle that now. He's life and life more abundantly. He's not, well, when you were one, this happened. I know it seems intense, but deal with it. I love you. Why does he have to bring that up? Isn't God bigger than that? He'd just make it like it never happened because he makes it like you never sinned. So why can't he make it as if you were never sinned against? Does he make it as if you've never sinned? then I bet He makes it as if you've never been in the world of sin. If He takes away the effects of your sin, why wouldn't He take away the effects of sin against you? That's why you're called to forgive everyone. Jesus is not taking you back beyond understanding. I've heard a lot of weird stuff. I heard I was locked in a closet while my dad beat my mom. How old were you? I don't know. I don't remember. It just got revealed through a session. I got beat raw with a leather belt for pulling a green tomato from my daddy's tomato stalk. And that's why I can't receive the love of the Father because it put such a bad image of a father in me. How old were you? I don't remember it happening. I just know that they saw it in prayer. I could tell you a lot of stories because I've done a lot of interviews. I've took my time and I've talked to a lot of folks. Even the ones that said they were really helped. I really looked at the fruit in their life in the sense of not judging them myself, asking them how their life lived has changed rather than an emotional experience they're relating to. How has the fruit, how has their fruitfulness in life changed? And you'd be amazed how there were very little answers in that category just relating to a ministerial time and experience and a rush of peace that's rare so it's a highlight in their life because I felt God. <laughs> I'm just being... Look, I've done some homework. And you got to understand that for five years I didn't even know this thing was out there. And then for five years I've done homework and then I had all these experiences that I'm sharing with you. I'm not saying that God hasn't worked any good through any of this. I'm not saying it's the devil. I'm saying we're putting our identity in limbo. We're trying to get there through senses and we're not increasing faith. That's what I'm saying. And here's what else we're doing based on Adam's comments in the break. We're making it very difficult to minister and we're creating a big list of do's. And we're creating a reason why things can. And And we're blocking the freedom of the flow of the Spirit through wrong understanding. Do you follow what I'm saying? Let me show you. What's up, Linda? Absolutely, Linda. saying, are you saying that Jesus doesn't only take away sin, but the effects of sin? Absolutely. He takes away sin and the effects of sin. Whether it's what we've reaped because of sin, that's redemption. His blood was shed to forgive the act of sin. His body was given to remove the effects of sin. That's why He had to give His body, and it was so brutally beaten beyond description. Because when sin got done with us in the garden, we didn't look anything like His image and we were created to be. So Jesus came and lost His appearance so we could get our identity back. Come on, it's so simple. He died for us. He gave His life so we can have life. He became what we were so we could become what He is. Sons. It's the gospel. It's not a prayer to go to heaven. That's the American way. (laughs) It's the transformation of life. So watch. The effects of sin. I'll get you in a minute, Brian. Watch this. The effects of sin. So watch. How, How does the... Unjust way. Here's I used Jesse in the break as an example. Where's Jesse? Where are you, Jesse? Did he walk out? Because I used him as an example. He's hurt and offended. Where is it? Okay. Well, let me use him again. I said. I said. So Jesse, Jesse's so cool. I said. So Jesse's in my life growing up, and he's a bully. And Jesse bullies me my whole childhood My whole school years I was intimidated Who knows, bullying can be a terrible, traumatic, terrible thing And you face fear every day And you go to school And the guy bullies you I had actually one of them in my life And, it was just, and he'd offend me And he'd embarrass me And he'd do it in front of people And I knew he was bigger and stronger than me And a couple times I contemplated Sneaking up behind him with a baseball bat and Taking one good swing And I thought, well, it's not worth spending the rest of the time In detention, juvenile, in prison Because I wanted to kill him Because I thought the only way to get rid of him is kill him because he was bullying me well, So I got Jesse in my life And, 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 and he's bullying me and, and, and I'm mad and I'm hurt and I'm angry I'm intimidated, I'm threatened, I'm envious I wish I was as cool as him And I wish I wasn't such a geek And, and he wouldn't be able to pickle me I wish I was bigger and badder. why wasn't I more this and that And all these complications come Because of one young man in my life That has enough of his own issues Needs and needs for this. Watch now. Watch. Watch how the gospel changes the effects of sin against you. Guess how it does it? Changes your eye, your perspective. Watch this. So now I get born again. I haven't seen Jesse for five, seven, ten years, and I'm born again. And 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 and. All before I was born again, man, thank God I finally graduated That's why I haven't seen Jesse for 5, seven, ten years Because I'm on the other side of the planet I don't want to see Jesse Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm born again now Watch what happens when I'm born again When I understand why I'm born again If I'm just saved for me If I'm just saved for blessings If I'm just saved for prosperity If I just incorporate God into my life in hopes of a better life Then nothing changes where Jesse's concerned He still has the same resume and thank God those days are over. But if I understand why I'm saved and my heart becomes selfless, I understand love now. I realize that God loved me in the midst of all my perversities, wrong motives, wrong ways, self-pursuit, selfish living. All of a sudden I see and realize, oh my gosh, Jesse's as lost or as lost as I've ever been too. That's why he was the way he was. Jesse's been a hurting young man and that hurt was breeding onto me like a cancer and producing the effects of his fallen nature. Boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden I realize He's worth the blood of Jesus Now I have a a school reunion coming up And I hear Jesse's going to be there And instead of going Oh my God, I'm not even going Because if he's there He'll just make fun of me He'll bully me No, I want to go I want to see Jesse I want to see how he's doing I hope things have changed I hope he knows truth But I know one thing I have a heart for Jesse Because if he knew who he was And he knew who I was He wouldn't have lived the way he did All his school life And I hope he's changed all of a sudden, no matter what he did to me is null and void because I died to myself, so he has nothing now to offend. I see through a whole different view and eye. Jesse is not alive for me. I'm alive for Jesse. Sounds like Christ. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. See, that's why works and religion is such a lie. Jesus became like a man. God died for his man. Religion says, die for your God. God died for His man. <laughs> Come on, that's just awesome. And it changes things. You can't just incorporate Him in and in hopes of a better future and thank God for heaven. It's the transformation of life. It's making my eye brand new. I I scream it out all the time. I'm screaming it now. I scream it out all the time because it's the truth of the gospel. So the sins that Jesse committed against me are rendered... Irrelevant and void and as if they never happened with no effect because God's changed me And the eye I look through and the needs I have and where I live from All of a sudden Jesse has nothing to touch, push or hurt in me anymore Why? Because I love him now And the worse off he is, the more compassion would flow. The more I'd pray in secret. Where sin abounds, grace abounds. Why? Because it just reveals how in trouble people are. Not trouble to us, in trouble. Why is it so easy to cry because of people instead of cry for people? Because we are in it for ourselves at some degree. And it's how people are affecting us instead of how we love them. And if God was an ounce that way, he'd have never sent his son. Because we'd have crossed the line somewhere. But love takes no account of a suffered wrong. Why? Because it doesn't seek its own. And yet here we are, Christians, full of rights, offenses, and reasons to be the way we are. We have a main, wonderful reason to be like him. (laughs) Amen? So yeah, does that answer your question, Linda? You ask me good questions. You really pull my cord. Geez, <laughs> I feel like one of them pool cord puppets, you know? You pull it out about a mile with one of them questions. It's just, Brian.
3: In
2: light of uh, what Linda was asking, I always read Isaiah 53, 4 that way, where it says, Surely our griefs He Himself bore and our sorrows He carried, that it wasn't just our sins, it was also the things done to us. Absolutely. Um, The things that we call our pain aren't your pain anymore. It doesn't even belong to you. He bore that as well. It wasn't just what you did.
0: Absolutely. But here's how we define that sometimes. We think it's a mystical breathing of God's Spirit on us to where we don't hurt anymore. That's what we think it is. That's why we're always ministering. It's a change of perspective If you can change the eye I look through You can take away the pain You can breathe on me and take away pain Supernaturally Who knows God can breathe and take away pain and stuff But if he doesn't change the mode of the eye I'm looking through more pain's coming Hello Did you get this? Yeah. Wow. So am I asking Him to breathe on my life so that I'm not just the tormented, abused, unfortunate child that I was in my horror story, and yeah, but you don't know what I've been through, well, you weren't in my shoes, and now I'm projecting my story above everybody else's because it's become me? See, it's not God breathing on that and making it all go away. It's changing the I and the understanding that allows it to be so painful. In the world, you have tribulation, but in me you have peace. Jesus said, "So be of good cheer; I've overcome the world." Well, if, it's, if he's saying what it sounds like he's saying, why do we ever even have a trial then? Why is there adversity? It says, "I'll be with you in trouble, not keep you from trouble." So if I've overcome the world in the world yet, well, I must be living in the world then, brother, because I got plenty of trouble. No, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world Well, if you've overcome the world, why do I have trouble? That's what the Christian mind can think And almost get mad at God To say, if you love me, why am I going through this? You say you love me, then how come? Well, why don't you see what's going on down here? Hello? That's a misunderstood relationship in mind towards God That's a very self-centered mindset that's even accosting God, judging Him, subpoenaing Him here, finding Him guilty. Come on, it's a lack of understanding that even allows us to think that way. If He's overcome the world, and we should be of good peace peace, and be of good cheer because He's overcome the world, what's He talking about? He's changed my perspective on life. By coming and living the truth in love. Because if anybody had a reason to be a mess, broken, rejected, hurt, it would have been Jesus. Who was ever treated more unjustly in human history than the Son of God in the flesh? Who was ever crucified and killed more unjustly than Jesus Christ? Who was ever more pure, more holy, and more sincere, ever more sincere than Jesus? But persecuted, blasphemed against, mocked, gossiped about, and ultimately killed for what he wasn't. Come on, that is sure a good day to be broken, bruised, and need ministry in our lives. If somebody calls our good bad, we are toast. And we are fighting like a cat in the corner to prove we really are good and meant good and how can you call my good bad? And I can't believe that. When you're straight from the pit of hell. You should be able to see better. If you had any discernment, you would know. And all of a sudden, you become what you're saying they are. Are you following me?
3: Yes.
0: I'll show you a couple of scriptures and I am really provoking hands right now. Go ahead, Kimberly. I'll get you, PJ.
5: This is just in response to what Brian just said. If you go further, it says he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. One version says he was wounded and bruised. And someone brought it to my attention. Um, wound is an outside cut. Bruise is inside. Um, and after we heard that message, I actually bruised really easily. And I would, I mean, all the time I had bruises, I would get bruises from bee stings. Right. And my husband said after that, this was at one of our house church meetings, he said, Kimberly, you hold on to like the things from your past and um like just for an example not because i'm living in this anymore but um just from like people in my own family that weren't excited for my wedding stuff like that i i was holding on to that and as soon as i identified with that in that small revelation i don't bruise like that anymore i don't carry bruises on my body because it's a physical manifestation of what's going on in the
0: spiritual Right. And it's, but it's a perspective change. How can you not hold on to that anymore? By changing the way you see it and the way you view it. We make it such a big deal that twenty years later we remember who wasn't excited on my wedding day, my most important day. Instead of putting it in right perspective, understanding the soul of people, the expectations I have over them, how I'm set up to be disappointed because of what I put on people, da-da-da. So Jesus comes and gets bruised, gets wounded, takes the penalty, the suffering that we've all experienced for sin and puts it on himself to take it away. Is it a mystical, mysterious breath of God thing or is it a change of view transformed from self to love? Do you get it? Because I can stand here and think of my childhood and remember my past to a T, and it does a totally different thing in my heart than it would have before the gospel. Because now I can look and see, man, if, if people in my life knew Jesus like we're preaching now, if people saw who they were, things would have been different. Here's a good way Todd shares with people when they're hurt. He says, if he says, I understand they said that. No, I understand See, we're not making light of it. But we don't want you to focus there. So here's what Todd'll say. I've heard him say this. It's wisdom, it's from the Lord. He says, Listen. He says, I, I know how you have to be feeling because you're expressing it. And I know, and I know they did that. And I'm not trying to make life, But let me ask you a question. If they were filled with Holy Spirit and walking in the love of God, would they have said the things they said and did the things they did? And they're like, well, no. Well, then see, your problem is in flesh and blood. Your war is not flesh and blood. Those people you're mad at, you could cry for because there's things they don't see and don't know. It's not even who they are So if it's not who they are How can they treat you for who you are? I mean, come on The reason a husband can't love his wife It says Is because he doesn't love his self right. So the wife gets hurt and offended Because the husband's not loving me the way he should Instead of going Wow, he has identity crisis and deficit And he's seeing himself for less than he is I'm going to show him the truth of the beauty of who he is Instead of get hurt by his lack Amen. Amen. Because that's love Or we could call it irreconcilable differences and hey, she's not 50-50, it's more 60-40 and I'm tired and I want to find a 50-50 instead of a 60-40. That's what we can do. I'm not being mean. I'm being real. We can do that. I understand some things have fallen apart and I think realize some things have gotten really bad and some people went through things they wish they never went through. What I'm saying is you have a choice in where you stand in that equation. You can be a product of somebody's lack. Or you can be a product of what Jesus revealed. Are you following me? You can rationally, psychologically assess a marriage and you can say, well, yeah, but if my spouse was this and that, well, no wonder I feel this way because they're supposed to be this. I've seen wives do it and I've seen husbands do it. Wives will say, well, I'm tired of being the head. I always have to take the reins and they're supposed to rise up and take the... And I wish they... I wasn't created to be the head and I wish they... And now they just have an issue. They have a chip on their shoulder. And every time their husband expresses a lack of spirituality, their heart gets harder, their resume gets more defined and they find a little circle of friends that have the same kind of husbands and they support one another in that lie. Come on. And men can do the same things. Uh, it can be on the sexual side with men a lot of times because that's one of the biggest lies and ruts in men's lives. And yeah, my wife's not... Well, I mean, my wife was like your wife. That's a scary statement. Because <laughs> what you're saying is I'm envying you and I'm actually embrace, I'm coveting your wife. Because my wife, she doesn't even want it. And I wish she wanted Well, Well, no wonder I'm just way because she never even... I don't even have to feel like a man half the time. huh? You know? And now you got a chip and an issue, and then you talk to people. And then you start disdaining your wife instead of loving your wife. You're fault-finding, you're pointing out her weaknesses and exploiting, and you're feeding the fire of self-centeredness and remaining a selfish man in the name of the Lord. There, I gave a good one for men and women. I'm not a biased fellow, I'm after (laughs) truth. (laughs) You follow me? Come on, I'm talking straight up. Now listen, when I'm talking these straight up things, you can't get away from it. You can hear it's true down in your heart. <laughs> how are you going to argue around? Where are you going to hide from what I'm saying? How are you going to come up with one yell button excuse without being found in the flesh? Come on. See, so you want to preach the gospel to where it sounds like a weak thing to say, yeah, but you don't know how I feel, but that hurts me. Oh, that's the problem. Why are you so touchy? Because you're not seeing through love. It's like Pastor Don shared that example about the lady coming and saying, I wish you'd pray for my husband, that God would touch him so he'd quit pushing my buttons. And Pastor took her hands and started to pray to God to take all the buttons out of her life to push. (laughs) Father, I ask you to touch her now and just take all the buttons out of her so there's nothing to push, God. See, because her focus is what's wrong with her husband instead of the heart she's living from. Because now all you're doing is saying, change my husband for my sake. And now that your husband's changed, you're still living for your sake. So you're still in a mess. So now the whole world revolves around you. And if things ain't going your way, you ain't okay. <laughs> Selfish, selfish, selfish. <laughs> Deny your... Pick up your... And follow Jesus. Don't sing to Him. Don't pray to Him. Don't read about Him. I mean, you can do all that. But please be sure to follow Him. Because anything else is religious tradition. And it's the form of God without the power of God, which means a transformed life. He says denying, it doesn't mean the power, meaning the dunamis, supernatural, dead-raising power. It's the power of godliness. (laughs) See, there's people deceived and they're walking in a form of God. Of godliness, denying the power thereof. The power thereof of what? Not the resurrection power, the power of godliness. The power of a transformed life. Because these things are still accepted in their heart as if we're just mere men instead of His children. And we make acceptance for pain and hurt and and bitterness because we fault find and we so fix on what's wrong that it makes us right. And we all perish in the midst. God isn't right. If He was right, we're wrong. God was righteous and now we're in. You following me? Do you hear how I always go back to that stuff? Back to love, back to love, back to love, back to love. that's, yeah... Well, you could tell this fasting thing was just kind of a good, slight kind of idea, but it sure wasn't a reality, was it? I have two scriptures. I'm, I'm, back, I'm back. backing up to where we were with some of this past stuff, some of the stuff we've talked about, okay? Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3. I want you to see this. This is scriptural. This is amazing. This is really good. Oh, my. Verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age... Wise in this age. Let him become a fool that he may become wise. I've learned a long time ago that you're not going to identify me through the fall of man. You're not going to identify my anatomy, my age, what I'm prone and subject to because of man's experience. We have, we have, we have observed fallen man and identified ourselves. When I turned 40, I started getting things in the mail. You are now over 40. You are more prone to this, this, this than ever before. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, ah! that's crazy. You know what I do with it? Well, I do. I do plunk it. But watch what I do. I do this. I read it and I just kind of snicker. I laugh. Not in a mocking way. I just like in a relieved way. I'm lighthearted. I go, God, what would I do without the gospel, without you? Without you transforming me and showing me truth and who I really am? I'd probably believe this. I'd probably be subject to this. I start crumbling it. Thank you for your amazing love and redemption. I just appreciate the goodness of God in my life. And I'll I'll use that as an opportunity to worship and proclaim truth. (laughs) (laughs) You hear me? I will. Because if I don't do that, guess what? Guess what? You get to be 50, and then this and that, and your buddy says, Oh man, that's what happened to me when I was 50. That's right about the time when I started feeling that. You know, that's when they say this, and that's when they say, Who is they? (laughs) (laughs) It's human experience, apart from the finished work. I tell people I'm going to be a living epistle of this. You can hear me arrogant or what, but I'm going to be a living epistle of that topic right there. I don't believe degeneration, breakdown, wear out. I believe we run our course, fulfill the will of God, and we can pass on and be with Him and prophesy over our family and do all that. I don't believe you, you, you I don't believe it's the way we say it is. I'm just telling you. There's stuff like I'm a runner. I've been running for years. People say, Well, you shouldn't run so much, you'll wear out your knees. That's in some other kingdom. God didn't make me to wear out my knees. Well, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm on cement all day, but I work hard. But that belief right there, you're you're giving yourself permission to fall apart. I've worked for 15 years on the cement, working very hard. I jog on the roads and the trails. I, I don't have a pain in my body. Am I a super Christian? It's a simple belief system thing. I run as fast as I ran when I was 33. I just ran six miles the other day, six and a half minute miles, and felt like, ah, I'm coming down the straightaway at the trail and I'm worshiping Jesus and thanking Him for the capacity and just the health and just, ah, and I'm actually freaking out in the woods. Father, I just thank you. And I'm running and the more I worship, the faster I run. Yeah. You're like, dude, you're delusional. It's just an emotional whirlwind. When you come off of that thing, you're going to be in pain. Well, I've been riding that cloud for 16 years. It ain't popped yet. Let's just keep riding. (laughs) See, I had a friend tell me that once. Dude, you're just, you're getting into emotion. You know, when that thing comes down, man, you're like, when that thing pops, you're going to be, yeah, it's just, ah! So waiting for the worst, aren't we? And then and then we've been so hurt and so this, and we've seen the misuse of a lot of things, so we think what I'm talking is hypo-spiritual, out of balance, out of context, and then we're like, that's just pride and that's just crazy. You've got to face reality, brother. We're either one extreme or the other. Why can't we just be in the happy middle of God's grace? Because if what everybody was saying about me, the way I live and do things and... You some some of you ain't hunters, and I understand some of you don't like hunting. I'm not trying to be gross with that. You ask Rusty and Melissa. They Rusty like was like he was. It was a thing of worship for him just watching me just hunt and the stuff I do. I sh- I shot a deer at their place. They they don't live on mountains. They live on cliffs. They live on cliffs. So the first deer I shot was demon possessed. Because instead of just dying and letting me have dominion, it ran to the cliff and died on the edge of the cliff. And it went to the bottom. And I said, that was not the will of the Lord. When I got to that deer, I looked up. I said, man, it's getting dark. I called Rusty just to show you how the mountains are. It took him twenty couple minutes, twenty-five minutes to get to me in his car. The next night, I get this other deer it went 10 steps and fell over and I said that's Jesus right there it stood back up and said uh uh (laughs) it's the same devil ran that thing across the flat and it just went and it wasn't dead it was running and it ran off the cliff I come down out of my tree I went over there I'm like no way I get down there and you know what I said I said I ain't Calling Rusty to come the whole way around again. And it's early. It was early. I had two hours to wait till dark. I thought, I'm getting this thing out of here. I took the bottom of my tree stand down there. Tied the deer in a ball as tight as I could. And put it on my back. And went right back up to the house. Wow. And when Rusty got there, I'm standing there. And you couldn't tell I did that. Now I'm 49. Now most people that are 30 would say you couldn't do that. It's all here. It's all in your belief. It's not I'm not trying to say, hey, I'm some buffed and healthy man. I don't have a grid for certain things. So I don't experience them. Are you following me? That's all I'm saying. And they watched me do certain things there. And and of course you can condition yourself and get stuff. But there's certain things like that, because I was like, I know some of you don't understand hunting and all that, but Jesus helps me. He tells me sometimes stand up, you better get ready. You know, hey, quit worshiping me for a minute and just it'll <laughs> so be like bucks rubbing my tree, father. <laughs> the tree I'm sitting in, you know. <laughs> no, I didn't see anything today. <laughs> I saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. You didn't see no deer? No. Go down your trees all rubbed. <laughs> so he's like Psst. Hey! I'll be back. (laughs) Whoop! Oh, God. I was hunting turkeys last year. Here I am on this. I've just got to wrap up at the end of the week on something, right? Different. I'm hunting turkeys last year. I walk 12 miles average when I hunt turkeys in the mountains. Big mountains, a lot of rocks, a lot of stuff. I'm hunting hard. I don't hear a turkey gobble the whole day. It's 9 o'clock, 10 to 9, 7 minutes till 9, and I'm, I'm 7 miles from the car. And I'm thinking, well, I probably better head. I had a friend in the woods. He was down seven miles up the car. He's going to meet me. I thought, I better head to the car now. If I'm going to make it, I'm going to go this way. Jesus said, no, don't go that way. Go out this way till 9 o'clock and call from the flat. And you'll hear a turkey out there. Jesus said that. So uh, he's with me when I'm hunting. So people just have different ideas with hunting. But to me, it was fun. I stopped. I got tears in my eyes in the middle of Dolphin County Mountains. Tears in my eyes, and I said. Are you kidding me? That's your voice. I know your voice now. I'm thinking this way, in my mind, thinking, Go. This, he says, go this way. I said, I haven't heard a turkey all day so far, and you're telling me to go out. You're hunting turkey with me. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I was doing. I had tears in my eyes. I get out there, it's two minutes till nine, and I'm thinking, I'm so excited to call because I'm sure this turkey's going to gobble, and I'm thinking... I just got a call from here And the Lord said No, no Nine o'clock Well, if you go to hunt turkey Terrain, mountains Voice, sound Carry You've got to be in the right place sometimes I said, okay You said nine I walked I'm being disciplined I wait till nine It's not like when I'm preaching I didn't wait till twenty after nine I waited right till nine Because I was excited I stopped at nine o'clock I take my little mouth call <laughs> I'm like, You're kidding me I was amazed by that I was amazed by that I'm just thinking in my mind What I'm going to do And he says in my spirit No, don't do that Go out this way Just go out that way Till nine o'clock You'll, you'll find one out there And I'm like So there's just a neat thing about that I just got in I just wanted to tell you that I know people don't like certain things about hunting But it's no. I'm not out there to kill There's just something about it And we utilize everything by the way you know, Bill has fun with that. Bill Johnson, whoever heard Bill Johnson. He says, Are you kidding? I love animals right next to the mashed potatoes. I'm like, Bill, you can't say that. But he says it. Do you...
4: I, I just want to add, too, that that the Holy Spirit does that. He built our relationship. Anthony's a mine our marriage through what we call left and right okay we started out in a relationship getting in the car and we would he'd, he'd say okay holy spirit which way and i would hear left he would ask a question i would hear right i hear name of a road or he'd speak in tongue i get the interpretation name of a place to go and he built our relationship and he's built our marriage like that and I can't help. but... That's like my, asking, hearing, my heart is so palpitating right now. Yeah. I have got to. It will if, the, if I hush the mountains will cry out. <laughs> if you allow Holy Spirit, Daddy God, Jesus to, to do what you what you were just explaining in Turkey, nice what we just explained with the car and a relationship, it will so change a marriage.
0: Every aspect. It'll of change your life every aspect because yeah. you live with Him. Amen. He's with you, right? So that's the point of what she's saying. I want you to see this quick. I can wrap this up. I can do this quick. I want you to see these two scriptures. i got like five, six minutes. Oh my God! <laughs> let no one deceive himself. If anyone seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool. So there's an absolute conversion of knowledge. There's, a, there's actually a 180 from the way that seems right to man, the way that's in God. So people that are wise in this age need to become a fool. Do you see the dramatic change of the two forms of wisdom? So you could have tons of worldly wisdom and be somebody in worldly wisdom, and God says, but you need to become a fool because that's not my wisdom. That's amazing. We're not conformed to the world, transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now watch. Let him become a fool, let him become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. it is written he catches the wise in their own craftiness and again the lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile therefore now paul's writing all this to give glory to god point to him as the source of all the source of life the source of wisdom because in the beginning of the chapter there was some sectarianism going on people were saying i'm of paul i'm of apollos i'm of cephas and he's like whoa what are you guys doing we're all of christ and thank god for teachers he's placed in your life but stop don't don't let it become weird and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right, and comparison, and yeah, well I go to we have at our church, man, well do you have this going on in your church because man god 's been this and that i 've seen that with Christians, comparison, and well my pastor this or i 'm this, or I go to this home group, or well, do you know who they are well blah blah, blah. ah here 's what paul 's saying. Let no one boast in men for all things are yours. Come on, why would you boast in men when it 's the father 's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? Get your eyes bigger watch this. Whether it's Paul, Apollos, Cephas, these are, these are the things that are yours. Whether it's the teachers God's blessed you with and surrounded you with, whether it's the churches He's raised up for you to attend and be a part of, whether it's whatever it is, here. watch this list. Whether it's the world, <laughs> He just gave you the world, or life or death. Doesn't He have the power over Him who had the power over death? Didn't Jesus win that battle? Are we ever going to die? Did He even tell us that there's a place for us to grow in the Spirit, to even raise the So He gave us the power of life through His finished work, through resurrection power, through the cross, and He gave us the power of life and the power of what? Over death. So we're never going to die. Whether that means raising the dead, or the fact that you and I are never going to die, we have victory there, right? Now watch this. So that's yours through Christ. Or things what? Present? or things to come dash all are what an amazing list whether you're teachers, the world, life or death, things present, things to come it's all yours now watch and you are Christ's and Christ is God's, so that means you're God's what's not on that list? guess what's not yours? It's not on the list. Why? He remembers it no more. He washed it away. We put off the old and put on the new. Why would he remind you of yesterday when he wiped it off the chalkboard? The Bible says it's not on the list. Paul's expecting us to know that. We don't have a former. We have a present and things to come. Go to Romans 8 real quick. I'm trying to wrap this up. Oh, i got three minutes. I can do this quick, 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 quick. Go to Romans 8, quick. I'm going to read even if you're not there. (laughs) Who shall separate us, verse 35, from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written, all questions, right? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than... Conquers, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, the perilous, the, the famine, the nakedness, the sword, none of We're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Why? Because truth's holding us. Our perspectives change. We know what's true now. Now, watch. Paul's writing and he's just escalating. For I am persuaded. Man, this is Paul's profession right now. Watch this. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life. See, he's starting to go through a list. You'll find that it's kind of similar, but a little more extensive than the other list. The other list was the world, life and death, your teachers, the world, life and death, present and things to come. This list says whether life nor death, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, heights, depths, nor any other thing. So he just makes it nothing. Shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what can keep us from the love of God? Nothing, except what's not on the list. The past can absolutely keep you from receiving the love of God. And if you're dwelling there, you're not being loved by Him. And if you're dwelling there, you're finding reasons why you're not loved, and not lovable, and not loving, and not lovely. What's not on the list, guys, that has the total ability to separate you from the love of God, even though God loves you, even though God loves you, right, dwelling in the past can totally keep you from receiving that love. He's talking about what shall separate us Nothing, none of these things Why isn't the past on the list? Because it's not to be on the list It's not on the list He says not even the things that are happening to me now Nothing I'm going to go through in the future Can keep me from being loved by God Because He set the record straight Because in this we were loved He sent His Son Did you get that? (laughs) Becky's not the only one that got that, right? Okay, because Becky got that Come on. Life, death, present, things, nothing shall separate us. The past isn't on the list. That's an automatic. That should be a given. He delivered us from and, and, and sealed us in and to. It's the only thing that has the ability to cause you to struggle. Receiving love. Looking over your shoulder. Letting anything else matter now that Christ has come. Now do you see why the just shall live by some of these ministries we have to be careful? We're actually feeding sensuality and teaching people to live by how they feel instead of what we believe. Are you following me? Okay. I'm two minutes late. Stand to your feet. Let's pray. Let's just ask God to seal this in us. And was that my water? Yes, Living water, thank you for water. <laughs> Natural knowledge, man. Don't let it eat your lunch. Let spiritual truth. I was teasing. I was telling Josh, you know, I go up in their mountains. I would be with somebody that doesn't understand like I do. And we're, we're walking through the mountains. And you say, you're hot, you're thirsty, you already drank your water. And there's this big mountain and here's water pouring out from the rock. I just like that. People are like, oh my God, you drink that? And all that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there's people freak out over that stuff. I'm like, there's God's filter, the mountain. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I'm his kid. And we got so much natural knowledge that you don't have the faith. If you don't have the faith, don't drink the water. Because then you're tempting your own self. But, but don't fuss me and tell me I'm going to die premature because I drank it. <laughs> That's what we do. Man, he put that water there for me today. Because he knew I was thirsty. That's just how I see it. It is fear-based. That doesn't mean you're tempting God. That doesn't mean you take a bottle of cyanide, hmm, well if I drink any deadly thing it won't hurt me. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) Because that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about testing and tempting the Lord. Well if you are a son, jump off. God will catch you and bear you up before you dash your foot against it. That's not And I ain't testing God. I I believe God. I don't have to test God. I believe God. Why would I test Him if I believe Him? If I'm testing Him, I'm saying I don't believe Him and I'm trying to see if He's true. Come on. It's simple. Mm -hmm. Father, we just thank You for Your Word today. If you want to, stretch your hands to Him. It's just a sign of yielding to Him. That's from your heart. You don't have to if you want to. Just do that right now. If not, that's fine. I'm not even opening my eyes. It doesn't matter to me. It's just sometimes it just feels good to me to just yield and stretch my hands, especially when you're not looking. And just say, Father, I love you. Father, I thank you. I worship you. A little child reaches their hands up to Daddy because they trust Daddy. Pick me up, Daddy. I want to be close. I want to be in your arms. So Father, I just reach my hands up to you. I yield to you. I submit to you. I thank you for the truth of the gospel. Continue to enlighten us, open our understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for the blessing of truth upon our understanding. Thank you for the transformation of life, the change of mode, of heart, perspective. Every person in this place, every person online. Father, I thank you as this day unfolds and this weekend unfolds. We're going to be in many uh, diversities of places, things, trials, tests, and just life itself. Thank you that these truths come to our rescue, to our understanding, and to manifestation. Father, I thank you that if we see different in any other thing, even you, Holy Spirit, would be there revealing the heart of Jesus in all things so that we can be truly the embodiment of Christ, the body of Christ, the expression of you on the earth. Thank you for your grace and favor. In Jesus' name we pray and bless you, Lord. Amen.